Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, a good, 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 good morning, everybody. Wow. Happy, 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 happy Fox football Saturday. And, you know, it's just telling Chris, psycho Chris, it's a football Saturday, a an American football Saturday as football. well. <laughs> He's all giddy off it. Mr. Sagic. Oh, Not as giddy awesome. after USC lost, but, you know. Well, he is uh, he's giddy <clears throat> for sure, and he should be because it's a uh, it's a real, man, what a day today, man. It's a huge deal. Uh, Team USA in the round of 16 with a real chance, a real for real for real chance. This is pretty cool, man. Team USA has a great chance of moving on against the Netherlands. The Dutch against USA. That's coming up, man. We are five hours from kickoff uh, from Team USA and Netherlands, man. It's going to be a lot of fun as the World Cup reaches the round of 16. Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Yo, cuz, uh, you, you care now? I thought you were Fugazi about this stuff. I am. I e, I am Fugazi. <laughs> I, I'm gonna listen. I'm. I, listen. I'm like everybody else. You'll get into I, it. I, I've been into the whole thing. I've watched it. I've been into the World Cup. You know. I mean, I I can't front. I I keep it 100. I'm a football man, right? Hoops, baseball. But I really respect it. And, and, and Psycho Chris will tell you. I mean, I, you know, I, I really appreciate the sport. It's a beautiful game. It is the beautiful game. And uh, I do care. And I think it's great that Team USA is in uh, is in the, in, in the round of 16 with a chance to move it on. Like, that would be an amazing feat. It's, it's great stuff. I remember I watched a lot of the World Cup back in 2014. And I remember when they got to the knockout round. Now, they lost in the first game. But, you know, the energy around Team USA back then, it's kind of the same energy we're feeling right now and that's really cool to have that energy it's a little different because it's always in the morning but you know it's it, it it's feeling good and when you feel good about team usa it makes the world cup fun it, it's fun to root for your own country 
It is. Yeah. Especially, yeah. When, especially when Italy isn't in this cup I, again. I yeah. think that's got a lot to do with the Fugazis like me and Cuz. Because it's like it's like you're rooting for the country, too, to win. Oh, well, you're you know? a fan. It's like everybody, you're a fan of your own it's country. It's finally like everybody's together in it. You know, it's not like the country's split apart. Some people are rooting for that team. Some people are rooting for that team. It's like everybody's together. Let's do this. America all in. It is, or is it, yeah, the nationalism is a, is a pretty cool thing. I mean, look, I mean, you know, uh, we from time to time, we'll touch on, you know, major soccer, and we talked about the uh, the championship, which was a really great championship between, uh, you know, L.A. And, and Philadelphia, and we talked about that, and we'll talk about from time to time some of the, you know, the, the bigger matches. But, you know, obviously we talk, you know, football, college football, NFL, the whole thing. And, uh, I, you know, I just love the fact that the nationalism's there. I, I, you know, when a, any chance you get to where we're unified is a good thing because we need to be unified. Good morning, Figgy. Morning, Anthony. And by the way, this is nothing that's uncommon. I mean, look at the Olympics. I mean, if, we're, if we happen to be watching skeet shooting or something, do any of us know anything about that? No, but we want the American to win. So, Fugazi guys like you, me, and E, you know, it's okay. It's all right to it's jump cool in. to parachute in. I yeah, give you the blessing to parachute in. Thank you, Chris. See, now I feel so much better about it. Now <laughs> we get the anointed by uh, by our soccer expert, Chris. So, it's all good. There's, there's not, no need to feel skittish about it or weird about the fact that you're, to, as to use Chris's point, you know, parachuting in late. It's all right. It's okay. I don't feel any ways about it. I mean, honestly, I don't either. I mean, I actually, I, I, Chris, not, not, you know, I mean, throughout the years, we've grown and we've actually talked it much more on the show. So, you know, I feel comfortable and I just want to wave the flag, man. I want to, I want to wear the flag. I, I, I think it's good for us to be united, man. If you can't do it during the World Cup, when can you do it? Like, you know, this is the biggest sporting event. In the world, every other country drums up their own flags, their own nationalism. I'm, I'm watching up here on the TVs. They had the replay of Portugal and South Korea. South Korea threw to the knockout round. Like they're, Everyone in that stadium is crying and waving around the South Korea flag. If they're doing it, you know, we're, we're, we're more than welcome to do it, too. That's what the World Cup is about, man. It's about, yeah, it's I, about I mean, painting the flag all over you. It's about the Eagles and everything else. It's about being as annoying as you can because, damn it, every other country is doing it too. Well, and, and the other thing too is we're, because we're such a big nation and because our sporting climate is so different, we, we don't, we, you know, we're, we're about teams and cities and regions. We're not about the country normally, unlike these, you know, the European, the you know, the rest of the world, really, that's way more nationalistic and, you know, they'll celebrate world well, in, championships and basketball and the whole thing. We're, well, in Europe. Our climate's different. I mean, in Europe, I mean, I, I don't know. I think of Italy. I watch a lot of Italian Serie A soccer, and that's very much so. All of those clubs are very much so the cities, right? Rome has its clubs, its two clubs, and, you know, Turin has its two clubs, and, and Fiorentina and like all the rest, so it it is there. You root for your club, in yeah, you know, but it's different though. It, I mean, it is, but I think our sporting I mean, culture honestly, is yeah. We're different, dude. I mean, you can't even compare. Yeah, I know. Same thing in Premier League. I mean, they have you know who's got Man U and who you know. So well, that's Man a little different. Man. There's a bunch of clubs in London itself, but yes, granted, but, but the, the, it, it's different. 
It's our we're so big. We're a huge country compared to the rest of the world. Well, I think it's also that we celebrate so many different sports and we have room on our pro sports calendar for so many different sports. Like we've got at least three, sometimes four sports in most major cities out there, plus all the college athletics that go between not just basketball and football, but all the Olympic sports in there, too. Like, I, I, I'm not surprised that the USA comes together on this because, as I said, it is kind of a built-in fandom. You just immediately pick up and, fl- and fly around. But, you know, I, our sporting culture is so great. It has such a massive industry around it that I'm not surprised at all by this. I'm just not. Yeah, I, what's interesting to me and that brings it all together is there's an era of American exceptionalism when it comes to sports. Pretty much every other sport. With the exception, I mean, rugby obviously is different. It's the exception to soccer. All the best athletes from around the world come right, we here. We own the other big three. Yeah, NBA players come here. Baseball, baseball, baseball players come here. There's we not call really, it the World Series. There's yeah. not really international <laughs> football players that come, at least not yet. You know, so soccer is the one major sport that we, for all due respect, from the men's side, have kind of lagged. It sucked, <laughs> to be honest, for, the, for, for a lot of our history. So for us to show any sort of progress, to show that we can even hang in there and compete with some of these world powers that have been playing this sport you know, for longer than we have and at a much higher level than we have, you know, I, I think that's part of the reason why there's a lot of pride around this. Like we're finally holding our own after struggling for so long. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you're you're uh, I mean I think you're spot on. Rewind about forty, fifty years too, and it's the same story with hockey, right? Yeah. For you know, sure. ice hockey for the longest time it was a purely it's like it's Canadians only. No no one's allowed. And then Russia started getting good at it and you know, we had the Cold War fever and that turns into the miracle on ice and it's the same story there. People love the miracle on ice because that that's that's all about the U.S. You know, rising up in a sport and taking it as their yeah, own. That, yeah, but it's different because that we were using amateurs. Oh yeah, sure, but that's like part of the narrative. Big, that that's is part of the narrative. Deal. Sure, it was a big deal. It was sure. like our, our we were pure America against the you know the the Eve. I lived, you know I remember being a little boy, so, you know living through it and. You know, I, I never understood even basketball. You know, we go. That's why that's why the dream team is such a big deal because we wound up losing because we had college kids, we had amateurs playing, and so it was like, wait a second, we own basketball. So then, when the dream team happens and we stop the world, it was the greatest. It was the best. That was I remember being. I think you were too young, right, for the Dream Team, first one? Uh, yeah, I was. I was a kid. I mean, I was. I was old enough to know what was happening to a certain degree, but yeah, I was. It was a little outside of my like. It was, like it was a. It was a big deal. Like yeah. you know, we got Mike, Charles, you know, Magic Bird, and the, like we had all our best, and we went. We're going to just trounce everybody. It was the great. It was the best because we knew. You know, that we were the best. We owned basketball. And for us to lose, it was nonsense because we were sending college kids. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's why it meant so much. So I wonder, from an international standpoint, if we were to, say, beat the Netherlands and then win, it would be, I guess, the winner of the Argentina matchup. You know, what they view it the same way. The hell? We lost to the Americans? We got to fix something here. I think Argentina would. Uh, Argentina absolutely would. That is a country, especially this Argentina, the last run of one of the greatest in the world, Lionel Messi. They would absolutely take it. Take it personally. I don't know if Netherlands would. I think Netherlands is more our speed. If there is a European country we match up well against, it's probably, probably the Netherlands. 
But, you know, it's it. this World Cup's really interesting because, cause like, nobody's really looked super dominant. I know Spain had that first, you know, explosive game well, where they got— You mentioned Argentina. I mean, they lose the first match. They, they lost to Saudi Arabia, and right, they turn yeah. around and score and win two games after that. Nobody has looked completely unbeatable in this World Cup. Like, yeah, Spain, France, and Brazil both look really strong, but I, I don't think anyone here is ironclad, so I'm not going to be surprised if— the Netherlands goes goes down to Team USA. I'm just not. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So well, I want to dive into it, and uh, we're fortunate because Chris is an expert. He, he does – uh, follow uh, the world soccer stage at um, at a very close level. So we're going to pick his brain a lot about this match, about this team, about what to look for, about the coach. There's a lot of things that, that I have a lot of questions going into this match today at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. Uh, but it is a monster day in college football. We have reached the college football conference championship game and already anarchy among us and let me first say my condolences to you guys that would be figgy and psycho chris because you're both usc men and it, it's just it's a shame man it, i never want to really play utah is. again i never want to play utah i'm so glad the usc is going to the big 10 so i never have to see utah ever again yeah, man. Listen, Utah playing. This is what I Utah mean, does. It just—that's right. They, they, you're you're right. They they really are. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can't argue with you. It's true. Now I will say this: the shame of it is, is that you have a dynamic, dynamic, a great player, uh, a great, great player in Caleb Williams, who was was you know you know had basically literally almost had his legs cut off right you know what i mean figuratively but you get my point when you when you take away a huge weapon and all of a sudden now Caleb Williams because of of the leg can't can't move i mean that that was a shame man yeah. but listen give utah a ton of credit they were down 14 to 3 and it was it was interesting because when they go down and score Right before halftime, it was like, uh-oh, they're in season control of this thing. Fig, I, I, you and I were texting uh, about it. Yeah. Um, and I, even when they tied it at half, I still felt fairly confident. Now, at that point in time, we didn't know the extent of the injury to Caleb Williams. Now, he injured his finger on his throwing hand early in that game, too. Yeah. I mean, the first couple of drives, the first three drives, they went to march down the field fairly easily. Touchdown, touchdown field goal for USC, and it looked like it was going to be pretty easy from an offensive standpoint. If you would have told me coming in that Utah would score 40-plus points, I'd say, all right, they did it last time against USC's defense. Their defense right. is terrible. So that part didn't surprise me. The fact that Caleb Williams to your point, was hobbled, couldn't move. Someone that relies on his uh, escapability, scrambling to make plays behind the line of scrimmage to define open players as well as scrambling forward like he did so well against Notre Dame last week. And that element is taken away from him. I mean, how, how effective is Lamar Jackson if he can't run? You know what I mean? That's, that's essentially what it yeah. is. So he stood back there and took shot after shot. And if anything, to be honest, 
I think his Heisman Trophy candidacy was actually solidified by the way that he gutted out that second-half performance yeah, I, by the fact that he was hobbling. He's, he still played as spectacularly as he could considering he was, I mean, for lack of a better term, you know, handicapped. Yeah, I have to agree with Figgy. Like, I do not usually think when you have a losing game that it improves your Heisman chances, but I think at this point that that loss was very gutsy for Caleb Williams. He's still – ultimately the Heisman is an MVP discussion and I can't look at this USC squad and see them going into this championship weekend being ranked where they were at number four I don't even think they'd be ranked in the top 20 without Caleb Williams they wouldn't they that that's that just this defense the defense is so bad the offensive line is yeah, so banged I, I, up like dude I Williams mean, is that team I, I completely agree and you know we're all on board here I I, I it was an incredible performance and, you know, listen, I mean, that line was banged up, and you saw it, man. They were under complete duress the entire second half, and, you, you know, you can't, you know, he can't move. Yeah, well, I will say the line and losing their starting center was, was terrible, and you, never, you yeah. hate to see that. Their line was healthy for the majority of the game, and they were still getting manhandled. That's why I did an interview earlier this week, and they were asking me if USC wins, can they, you know, possibly, you know, uh, beat Georgia in the playoff? Hell and I no. said, hell no. There's no way that they can handle Georgia in the trenches on either side. Utah out-physical them up front. You yep. know, and Utah got out physical at times all the way back on opening day against Florida. And Florida was an average, if you not below average, SEC team. The kings of the SEC, Georgia, no, they would have worked over USC something serious. Uh, but, but yeah, And listen, Lincoln Riley, man, look, it's the first year. You know they're going to be back. Yeah. I, I do want to say Cam Rising. I, I love that kid. He is a uh, – he's a, just a gutty, gutty player. Speaking of being banged up. Oh, I mean, yeah. he, he's he took a hell of a it. shot. Well, he had he's had a leg injury. He's been battling the last uh-huh. few weeks too. He's, I mean, that that team and Kyle Whittingham man did another another great job uh, by him as the coach. So, listen, it was uh, it was an incredible game, and all of a sudden, life for Ohio State. Yeah, as now Ohio State and the Buckeyes have some life. Now, here's the question. If TCU goes down today, does Alabama have life? And do we have the four big brands, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Alabama in the playoff? I have an answer to that. I have an ancillary question to that, too, about Ohio State. In a week where... We see that the uh, it's been ratified. The Rose Bowl ratifies it, and we're going to get a 12-team playoff beginning in 2024, which uh, I love, as you know, Fig. Yeah, and we can get into this, too, because a lot of these conference championship games, how much does this stuff matter? Is Caleb Williams even playing late in the fourth quarter of this game if we already knew USC would be in the playoff regardless right. of the outcome of this game? So things yeah. like that we can, we can continue to well, discuss. Let's talk I think about it's it. interesting. Yeah, I, I do too. We'll talk about it. Uh, with lots to get to, it's going to be a busy morning with Team USA taking on Netherlands. We'll get a scouting report. We'll dive into that game, get you all prepped for it, and all of your college football today. Got some good picks, good NFL stuff. It's a big sports weekend. We've got to love it. And that's what we do. We geek out. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. 
Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, welcome back, fellas. From the TireRack.com studios. And don't forget, football fans, be sure to be uh, tuned in today. Big day in college football. And tune in to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Every Saturday and Sunday, three hours before kickoff, tune in today at 9 a.m. Eastern. Tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern for the NFLs. We'll take you live all the way to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app, all presented by BetMGM. All right, let's uh, – first, uh, first, I got uh, – Figgy, let me hit you. You as our soccer, resident soccer expert – Let's uh, let's go through this thing and let's kind of dissect this game. Firstly, let's look at the matchup. Uh, t- you like Team USA. You give them a real chance at this victory today, right? Am I right about that? Yeah, I think so. I, 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 I know Netherlands is the heavy favorite in this game, and they should be. Uh, they've scored four goals. They, they've scored quite a few goals. In this in this World Cup now, granted they've been working in a fairly easy group with Senegal minus Mane, who's one of the best in the world, Ecuador and Qatar, but Cody Gakpo has been their forward and he's scored three goals so far. They they have firepower on their side, but when I look at Team USA, when I look at the United States, how they fared, it it, it was disappointing what happened against Wales, but I feel like every match they've played so far they've been slowly looking better and better. Now, that final match against Iran was really rough, but Iran came into that game with a chance to win and move forward, too, and they played with a lot of heart and fire and passion, and the United States responded with Christian Pulisic nearly going out on his shield, colliding with the goalkeeper to get that, that the winning goal in there in the 38th minute. So I, I think they match up well. Netherlands plays a defensive style that... Might give the U.S. a lot of trouble, but I, 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 I think the talent that the USA has really cultivated is going to keep them in this game against a power like Netherlands, who has some world-class athletes like like Gakpo and like Frankie De Jong and and other players who've played in UEFA. Well, you know they that's where the U.S. has been stashing a lot of their biggest players and to play in it, Italy and Germany and England to play in the Premier League and Bundesliga. And that's what they're going to be looking for in this game. And it's a little hard just because I don't know if they're going to play Giovanni Reina, who is a very young player. This late into the tournament, you want young players to play. But Giovanni Reina, who is 20, 
probably one of the great best players on that roster after Christian Pulisic, and he's seen very little time. And if you believe some of the reports, there seems to be a rift between him and the USA coach, Greg Berhalter, but I, I... He's got to play at some point. If he plays, then I start to like the USA chances more. But, you know, up until that point, they have Weston McKinney. They got uh, Christian Pulisic. They got Tim Way. You know, it it should be enough to at least hold Netherlands to a low-scoring defensive battle. And maybe you poke around and Pulisic gets a go-ahead goal. Well, uh, just for you mentioned the odds. So uh, USA is plus 310. To win it in regulation, in Netherlands, even money at plus 100. A draw is plus 230. So, you know, you, uh, Netherlands clearly a, a favorite in this thing. But it's not crazy. And, in fact, it, you can see it just in the numbers. It's not crazy. And you do like uh, you do like it to be a lower scoring game, right? Like yeah, I could see this game going to – I've been saying I, I feel like this game is almost destined to go to – penalty kicks and I know I'm going to have to answer for penalty kicks and their existence at some point but it, it is probably going to the extra time maybe even all the way to penalty kicks this just this seems like a like Netherlands has only scored at most two goals in a game in all three of their uh, matches here in group a and the United States you know they, they haven't scored that many goals but they're also playing much stiffer competition than someone like England and I thought they comported like England, I thought was the great preview for this because England is just loaded with talent, loaded with talent. Netherlands is not quite as loaded with talent. I think England ranks in the world. I want to say top five. I lost my rankings here for a second. Um, Netherlands a little farther down on the list. So if we're just going by pure rankings, here we go. Uh, England is fifth. Netherlands at eighth. So I they they they've got they've got some interesting talent, but it's not like they've been lighting the world on fire too. I know they come out top of a group, but that was a really weak group they played in. So you just hope that you kind of catch them a little unawares with just you you've been seasoned more, you've been progressing and getting better more and more through the tournament. You should lean on that experience if you're the United States. Well, the other thing too is interesting, and that is there's a report that. The Netherlands uh, has a flu outbreak. It hit Uh-oh. Brazil, and uh, it looks like uh, that they're dealing with a little bit of a flu outbreak. So I, you never know how that how that affects a team either. I mean, uh, you, you saw it already with the World Cup, so it, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, this is my first time hearing about that. I've been kind of out of the loop on that. That's going to be that's going to be yeah, interesting there's, there's to see. Talk yesterday came out. That, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I think the bigger thing from this World Cup is just nobody has really looked ironclad. Nobody has really looked, you know, you, you when you look at this, you only have three matches to go on in a group stage. It's really hard to get a really good look, especially, you know this, if, if we were talking, you know, if we were talking more on like the club stage or any other sport, you, you kind of get a better feel from a group, from a a nation the longer they play and unfortunately coming into this like rosters kind of change a lot nobody's really looked ironclad in this tournament right now nobody scored the full nine points for three wins at most you know england had seven netherlands had seven in the rough group uh i think morocco had seven but nobody. Yeah, i mean there's fairness right like france uh brazil 
I mean, they look like they took the last game off. They were already secured spots. So I, I mean, sure, I sure, but like it. it even even in their victories, they weren't like Spain had an insane victory, but then had to draw even with with Germany. So like there's there's definitely been moments in these games where you you look at a side funny and think, oh, okay, that's. I, I guess what I'm saying is moving forward to this in this knockout round, it's kind of anyone's game. Now I don't expect USA to go much further because they will probably get Argentina in the next round if they do do beat the Netherlands and Argentina is the cream of the crop. But I, I mean, I'm not going to rule it out completely that the Netherlands walks over the United States. They've played inferior competition and they've, they've not exactly lit the world on fire. You know, I think it was like uh, they've got two Oh over. I want to say, uh, I, I think they had two, one against Ecuador and then two, two nil against Senegal and Qatar. So they, they, they haven't really, they haven't really lit the world on fire. And again, a lot of their scoring is because of Cody Gakpo. Yeah, I you know, Fig, I, listen, you're on top of this stuff. You heard about the flu outbreak uh, that's been reported out of the Netherlands camp. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, you, you've you've reached this piece, this part of it. I, you know, I mean, I it, it feels like it's more of an even or even matchup. I know, look, the odds are, the odds are, they're not out, they're not crazy. So, I don't know. you have any good vibes on the match? I have solid vibes with uh, taking all of that into account. But just knowing the, uh, the history of the USA Pro Soccer program, uh, like, forgive me if, I don't, if I'm not beaming with confidence, you know. Right. Because, so, that's my only thing. So, I'm just going off of past history, uh, just knowing that we've come up short uh, at times. And I know this is we're supposed to be evenly matched. But, again, you know, it's a young team without a lot of experience. The Netherlands does have more than we do. Uh, but, yeah, the flu outbreak is definitely a thing. You know, hydration in a situation like this is going to be a major factor. Um, I would still, you know, gun to my head, pick the Netherlands to win the match, but I certainly would not be surprised if we found a way to win. Yeah, the experience is a big part of it. Chips are down on the table. And, look, the, the U.S. has kind of conceded when their experience, when their lack of experience failed them. It failed them against Wales when they were unable to really – take control of the game and they don't really put anyone away either they they let these teams they they get the goal and then, then they seem content to just sit on it you can't really play that way against netherlands you have to really go out there and i know everyone's kind of saying this that it's like playing with the house money but part of the part of the process is, is look you get you get this chance every once every four years you can't play with there. There is no such thing in the World Cup as playing with house money. This is the experience you build right here and now. If you want to be winning time, you got to go out and make it winning time. You got to go so out there is, and do it. Is that coaching? You know, I, you know, obviously that style and coaching there. I, I I think some of it is. I think some of it's inexperience, but I also just don't think that. And look, I don't know him too well, but I've I've seen how these performances have gone, and I'm just not a fan of what Greg Berhalter does with the team. I'm not a fan of some of his lineups, and I'm certainly not a fan of how he's handled Giovanni Reina. He's given Gio Reina absolutely, I think he had seven minutes against against England, and he didn't play at all against, against Iran. And I know there's been talks about the injury that he's suffered, but I don't think that's a factor that was kind of shot down. There's these rumors that he's like feuding with Reina, which seems incomprehensible. Reina's 20 years old, but he's 20 years old and plays within the Bundesliga at the top levels of European club right. soccer. 
Like he is absolutely the youth and the offensive spark care. you need. I, I I don't understand that a little bit. Like no, nobody does. One, I mean, that's I mean you don't understand it. I don't understand it. That's that's how bewildering it is. It's clear yeah. as day. Like talent should trump all right now, and the fact that Reyna isn't seeing the pitch at all is I, I want to tear my hair out. And you're going to need a, a talent like Reyna against a talent like Netherlands. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, Let me ask you, uh, the biggest surprise of the the group stage, obviously Germany not making it through, huh? Germany not making it through. Belgium not making it through. Belgium is ranked second in the world. This is the end to their golden generation. Like, you want to see what having to hit the restart button on your team, not just just on your team, but on your country's entire talent of, of... of soccer looks like look at belgium all those guys were kind of in their late 20s early 30s nobody plays in in a world cup in their late 30s this is a team that has just utterly fallen apart and it just it sucks for them it it really sucks i'm not going to believe for for belgium no 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 nobody i mean i i know you won't you're an american so i mean i know i mean but you're just impassioned. I'm going to bleed. No, no, no. But oh, I, let me bleed for Belgium. No, I just I, I hear you. I it's, hear you. It's, the, I, it's the story on them. Insane. I think that's the I, big I know. surprise. You're, you're insane. I, I love yeah. it. You you are. you. He's insane, Fig. You know that. That's why he's Psycho Chris. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he loves it. Uh, the I would other have loved match- to see if Mexico and Poland, they were drawn even. They would have decided a tiebreaker if, if their goal differential was the same. Because they would have decided the tiebreaker on how many yellow cards each team has taken. Yeah, see, I don't get that, but I hear you. <laughs> wow. That's the weirdest uh, of the world, Kyle. Yeah, that's bizarre. Real quick, just to get you set for while we're on the subject of the of the rest of the tournament. Argentina is the other match today. Uh, Argentina, which had the stunning loss uh, in the first match. Saudi Arabia, yeah. To, to the Saudis. And uh, they look like a team now with Messi, obviously. They look like a team that, all right, they had the big scare and they rolled the next two games. So I they look almost like in an NCAA. Now forgive me. I view like this tournament through the prism of NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. You, no, no, and you like, should. When, you when, should. When you cheat death like that, usually a team becomes dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they're too talented to keep to have kept following the Saudi Arabia after Saudi Arabia to keep going like that. They housed Mexico, they housed Poland, and I think they're housing Australia here. Like I've I've been from the start. I think Argentina wins this this World Cup, and you know that would be amazing for me to for as a fan of Lionel Messi, one of the greatest players in the world. This is his last World Cup. I want to see him go out on top. But yeah, no, they're they're absolutely the 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 uh, March Madness reference is apt. Like you have that first scare. Obviously, it's a loss for them, but you turn around and you beat the rest of your group. Yeah, they, they it's it, it's it's Argentina. It's Argentina. They're back. Uh, uh, the other big, by the way, I know you're a big fan of Japan, and uh, Japan's got a big one. They get in, and uh, you talk about the the Germany thing, and they beat Germany, and they get in, and then they face my man. I got a buddy of mine who's from Croatia, Marco, mm. and he so he got the big match. Who do you like in that match? Now this is one's interesting. So I see a lot of the USA in Japan, except I think their managers better. Both their goals have come like go ahead goals came in the second half. Ajime Moriyasu is the name of their manager. He makes very good adjustments when faced with adversity. Croatia is a very powerful European side, but they're kind of a little on the older side now, too. I 
I, I guess on paper, I would still lean Croatia, but I'm, I think this one's a lot closer than people will make it out to be. And I will be personally rooting for Japan in this one. But I know yeah. you're, you, you, you love it. You're fired up. All right, Fig. Why don't you do do some salad? Here's some, some trending. All right. Well, we'll go back to the Pac-12 championship game from Friday night. You mentioned USC got out to a 14-3 lead, actually up 17-3, but pretty much all downhill after that. Utah storming back. They tied the game at 17 at half, and they would dominate the second half on their way to a 47-24 victory, advancing to the Rose Bowl for the second time in as many seasons. USC's hopes for a playoff berth are officially over. We'll go to the NBA. Golden State getting 30 points from Jordan Poole in a victory over Chicago. 119 to 111 was the final score there. 30 points and 15 rebounds for Zion Williamson for the Pelicans as they defeat San Antonio. 44 points and 10 rebounds for Anthony Davis. He outduels Giannis Antetokounmpo, who scored 40 points himself as the Lakers defeat the Bucks in Milwaukee. You at Miami, Brooklyn, Atlanta, and Memphis with wins as well. In college hoops, sixth-ranked Baylor defeating number 14 Gonzaga, 64 to 63. Number 22 Maryland, a 71 to 66 win over number 16 Illinois. And in Major League Baseball, former Met Jacob DeGrom, five-year, $185 million contract with the Texas Rangers. Bye-bye, Mets. Bye-bye. Yeah, well, we'll see. Back to the fellas. Bye-bye, Mets. <laughs> I hate the Mets. Really? Forget Couldn't tell. <laughs> I hate the Mets for, listen, I mean. I, Who do you hate more, the Mets or the Cowboys? Ah, uh, the Cowboys. Okay, just I was just, gonna say just making sure. That's not even close. Just making sure. And that's <laughs> excuse me, that said, let me just say this. I, I got the utmost respect for Dak Prescott. I feel Put a in a horrible coming. situation. All right. I mean, I can't believe that that people are giving that kid flack. That dude stood up. I mean, what we, we you know I know mean, what you expect him to say. Exactly. Like I you know, it's amazing how people criticize yeah, I, when they, they're criticizing Dak, I'm going, well, for what? What's he supposed to do? He's in the, the worst spot. And he and he said it. And he handled himself, I, I thought, with the utmost respect. I think he handled it the best way he possibly could, considering the situation <laughs> he's in, which is a very awkward spot to ask yeah, him to talk man. about his boss in a exactly. situation like that. Anyway, I, I just I just wanted to say that because I like Dak Prescott. Uh, I, I think – you know, I may I don't like the Cowboys, but I I like Dak Prescott. I like the way he carries and himself. Absolutely, I do. I yeah. I I think he's a tough player. He's a good player. All the criticism and he I, takes, and I, I like. You know what? You look around the league, and you know Russell Wilson's is half a weirdo. <laughs> Kyle Murray's <laughs> is selfish and, and a brat. Yeah. You know, I, and I I look at Dak Prescott. I go. My man, you know, Rodgers is a wackadoodle. Right. Lamar and, Jackson's and, feuding with his team now, too. Like, Yeah, I mean, I, I look at Dak, and all Dak does is do the right thing, man. I, yeah, I, he, I give Dak a pound. To steal a word from Colin Cowherd, he's a quarterback eel. You know, he, yes. he uh, you know, stands up there, answers the questions, is respectful, says all the right things, acts as a leader, has all the respect of his teammates. And to your point, you listed off the name of the quarterbacks you just mentioned that many of them do not have the same. So, yep. And Much to take that with Dak. all of the criticism Dak takes year in and year out and exactly. questions about him being a top 10 quarterback and everything else. Like, yeah. he's, he's, he, is, he is a hole pressed into a diamond at this well, point. And that, comes in, and that comes with the territory of being the Dallas Cowboy quarterback just in general. You're going to be scrutinized regardless of what you do, and he's handled it extremely well. Yeah.
I, I'm, I'm with you. All right, let's take a quick T.O. We'll come right back. All right, Chris, and then uh, you know, just to put a little neat bow in the first hour with the World Cup, I do want to go through a couple other matches with you, and then next hour we're big college football. We take a look at the landscape. We look at, you know, the idea, the big news this week about the 12-teamer, which is, Figgy, that sound familiar? Yes. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome back, fellas. Live from the TireRack.com studios. All right. Let's have some fun here a little bit. Um because we're talking about the World Cup, and, and obviously we're geeked up over Team USA and the whole thing. Uh, let's look at the uh, – because some of you may be in some of the World Cup pools. It's the field of 16. So let's go through it rapid fire. We're uh, all about Team USA, Argentina over the Aussies. Uh, France, Poland tomorrow early. Who you like? Oh, easy, France. I think they've been yeah. one of the best teams in this tournament. Agreed. Poland has really struggled with scoring opportunities. Give me France all day. England-Senegal is the late game tomorrow. That would have been really interesting if Sadio Mane was healthy for this World Cup. Uh, England has choked in big spots, but I kind of like them over Senegal in this spot. I do. Yeah, which sets up a huge matchup. England-France. England, that's a beast. Uh, Japan, Croatia, we talked about. You like Croatia, but Japan can scare them. Brazil, South Korea, obviously mighty Brazil, a favorite to win it all. Yeah, like Brazil, Brazil Brazil coming out of this easy. Again, like Japan, a hell of a story for South Korea for their improving national team. But Brazil is Brazil. They're, they're number one in the world for a reason. They will win this one. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Morocco and Spain. We talk about mighty Spain. I'm sure you like Spain over yeah, Morocco. Yeah, they, they rested their guys in their last game too. Morocco, I know, you know, that won their group very good and all, but Spain kind of lucked out by, you know what? Spain kind of owes that they uh, ended up kind of Japan winning that group because they get the easier draw with Morocco. I like Spain here. 
Yeah, I I, uh, I, I would agree. And then you wind up uh, with Portugal and Switzerland. I'm assuming you're on the Portuguese. I think they're the favorite in this one. Um, <laughs> Switzerland has scared a lot of people. This is probably the most even of the knockout games besides Netherlands and USA. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, I do like Portugal. I think Portugal is the favorite, and they should probably be the one to move forward, which sets us up for Portugal-Spain as well. Just really good action on this yeah, the next man, round. You, the next round you'll have the uh, USA-Argentina possibly, and then uh, and then if I assume Argentina, it sets up Argentina-Brazil, that side of the bracket. England-France, Spain-Portugal, which is ridiculous in the Battle of Europe. And it all kind of sets up. I could see uh, Argentina-France final. Is that kind of what you're looking at? Or Brazil? Yeah, Argentina-France or Brazil-France. One of those two is probably the permutation. I could see Spain, too. I don't put a lot of faith in England against. I know England's a great team, but up against some of these killers at the bottom, of the, at that other side of the bracket, I against Spain, against France, I, I don't give England the time of day. I just don't. It's not coming home. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Uh, it, it's uh, it's been a fun tournament so far uh, during the whole thing. Uh, we will come back, and it's a monster college football day. So we'll hit uh, all the college football action coming up next right here, fellas on Fox. All right, that's us. We're the fellas as we come to you live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. All right, now, I know we did a lot of World Cup during the first hour, but we got some monster college football today. After a stunner last night, we talked about it to open the show, USC. Goes down to Utah. Utah with an incredible performance. Uh, we talked a lot about Caleb Williams and, and the fact that, you know, he was under duress. He gets banged up. The leg, he can't move. He's a sitting duck. He guts it out. But Cam Rising and the Utes able to have a huge second half. Fall behind 14-3. to Battle all the way back. They tie it right before halftime. And then they just run away with it in the second half which sends this uh, reverberation through the playoff. USC now out, Ohio State presumably in. And uh, gentlemen, let me ask you, what happens today if somehow Kansas State beats TCU? Does Alabama then get in and the four big brands, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, uh, something that I think the committee probably would like. How real a possibility is that, Fig? The only way Alabama makes it in, I think, is if TCU loses big. Like, really, really big. I think if TCU loses, like, a three-point game, seven-point game, I still think that the the committee holds them in high enough regard that they would leave them in there with one loss over a two-loss Alabama team. Yeah, I would not. I know you would not, but I'm, I would not. I'm just telling I mean, you what I, I think they'll do. No, I, listen, I get it. I, listen, I asked you the question, so I, yeah. I believe me, I understand. I, I think that would be a uh, 
I think that would be a mistake. If you TCU, a one loss TCU cannot, in my opinion, make the playoff. When you look at the rest of, in the landscape of, I, I still look at him with side eye. I, I, you know, I've told you this throughout the whole time. I, I'm a, you know, call me a hater, whatever you want. Uh, I don't, you know, if they win, they deserve it, right? Like they're unbeaten by all means. But if they lose, uh-uh, they're out in my eyes. So they better win today. That's how I. That's how I would look at it. And and quite frankly, part of me, if they did lose, would like to see that because I think it's more of an even situation because I, I don't think TCU can hang with those other three. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and after seeing, now I don't think they can hang with Georgia. I'll give you that for sure. Um, Michigan, maybe. I don't know. Um, it's good, man. And even, they are. They even are. Even without Corum. I mean, like. Yeah, well, Andrews, Andrews was, was great last week for them with yeah. Corum being out. Um, but it, like Ohio State, to be honest with you, I know we talked about this last week and like TCU is not in the same class as Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State. I don't know. I think they might but, be able to hold their own against the Big Ten teams. I, but can I, I guess my bigger question is: Can even can Alabama even hang with Georgia? I don't think anyone can hang with Georgia, to be honest. Like I know, I know we just kind of give Alabama the benefit of the doubt. They've got you know SEC talent that trumps them. But I, the the way they've looked in some of these games, I don't think they hang with Georgia either. Yeah. Like for everyone who says, and it's valid that Alabama has two losses by a total of four points. They could have also have two more losses. They could have easily lost to Texas. They could have easily lost to Texas A&M, and now they have four losses. So the margin of, you know, the margin is very thin on both sides. If you're talking about Alabama, if you want to look at it that way, they're not that far away from having four losses as opposed to two. Yeah, I, and I will say this. Listen, I, I mean, Georgia, without a doubt, is the best team in the country. But I don't think they're as good as they were last year. I mean, it's a Georgia team that let, let's go through it. Kent State scored 22 points on them. They beat Missouri by four. They, uh, you know, the Tennessee game was closer than the final score. The, you know, uh, the Kentucky game was a major scare. I mean, hell, Georgia Tech would stink, scored 14 points on them. I mean, they're, they're, listen, they're the best team by far, but I still actually think that they were better last year. I mean, look at all the pros they lost defensively last year to the NFL. I mean, that front was a, just a bear. They're still great, yeah. but I still think last year was better than this year. No, I, I disagree, but I, I mean, I don't know what, what bearing does that have on this year, though. Yeah, well, I, it I always mean, says this because Chris said that there, you know, nobody can hang with him. I don't know about that. I don't know that Michigan I, or, or Ohio State. Ohio State actually could match up with them. I think even Michigan could would match up with them if they had Blake Corum healthy too. I think the thing You're is your favorite, but I'm yeah. just saying I don't think it's a blowout. No, no, and I think I'm. Let, let me clarify on that is like I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think Alabama should be getting any kind of special consideration over a TCU of the world against Georgia. I like I, but well, like again to what Figgy's saying, like they could easily have. Four losses. Anyone who ranks but up, they at, don't. And, and they, the fact is, they well, don't have four but losses. But they do have two, and TCU might have one. Well, again, we're going on the premise that TCU, if TCU loses, I'm not telling you Alabama should leapfrog an unbeaten TCU team. I'm just talking about, you know, I mean, I'm clearly, just, I'm just saying, you guys. I mean, clearly, we've argued this the whole season. Clearly, Alabama's a better team. I mean, I mean, we, I think we could all agree that. Alabama is a better team than TCU. Like if they played ten times, Alabama's winning nine of them. 
Sure, but at the same time, I don't think that magically gives Alabama a better shot against Georgia than TCU or Ohio State or USC or anyone else. I mean, they're they're definitely they don't have the same weaknesses as a lot of those teams. But if Georgia beats one of those teams, I think they would do the same to Alabama. I just do. And by the way, with the the premise of if they play, let's say they played ten times and Alabama would win nine of them, that might be true. Uh, but that leaves the doubt of having that one, and all it takes is one victory. And are you saying that Alabama would have earned its way in? I'm just saying. Would you say that Alabama would have earned its way in over TCU considering they have one more loss? That's the thing. No, I, you, know what, you know what I care about, honestly? I'm going to boil it down to this. I want the four best teams playing. I want the four best games I mean, the, the the four best teams to give me the best games, the I don't three even, best games. And what does that even mean? Because most of the time, these are blowouts. So the, well, the college football I mean, playoff I, has I, been riddled with blowouts ever since it I started. Mean, I mean, I can't help that. I'm just saying I just need the four best teams in there. That That's the best chance I have at having the, be, at the, at the best games. TCU is going to get boat raced. I, I don't think they belong in that in that conference, in, in, the, in that company. I, I don't. I, I don't think they belong against Michigan or Ohio State. All due respect, listen, it's nice. It's a fun, you know, it's a great story, the whole thing. And the beauty of this whole thing is it'll get decided on the field in the, you know, in 2024. Definitely. That is the one, you know? I guess, upside about the, the expanded playoff, although I still think 12 is too much. But whatever, it's fine. That's what we have, and that's what we're going to have to deal with. Uh, but these, are, these, are, these sort of debates are ones we don't have to worry about because when we have 12 teams – all Power Five conferences are going to have automatic bids, essentially. And you, as Mister Pac-12, should be happy about the about the twelve teams because now all of a sudden it, it, you're not going to get left out in the cold. No, you have to earn you have to earn your way in. So I mean, I don't care necessarily about that. USC lost; they shouldn't have any sort of you know complaint about getting in or not. So I know they say I carry the banner for the Pac-12, and to a certain degree, I do. Uh, but the Pac-12 has not been good. <laughs> so they haven't earned their way into the playoffs since Washington got in, and they got boat raced by Alabama. So uh, it, it's, I think it's great to have give teams more opportunities to be able to have a crack at the apple because then it opens up the possibilities for more upsets. It probably won't happen, to be honest with you. We see a lot of times there's a giant gap in talent, uh, but, it, but you never know, you know. Boise State, Oklahoma happened, what, 15 years ago, whatever it was. Those sort of things can still happen on one given day. So you never know. So that's why that's the one argument in favor of expanding the playoffs as wide as it will be expanded in a couple of years. Yeah, it's funny, man. I know you're not. You, you I thought of you right away because we have argued this tooth and nail. We, you and me have argued this thing over the last, I don't know how many years. At least, at least four or five years. Yeah. Since we've been doing this. And I, you know, it's funny because I had a proposal. Lincoln was, this is when it was, the, Lincoln was with with us. Mm-hmm. And and I come in with the 12-team proposal. I, I, it's too much. That's too much. Blah, blah, blah. It's, I still think it's too much. And I, that was not against expansion. I thought, I thought four was too, I thought two was ridiculous. Four was too few. I thought between six and eight was perfect. Yeah, I thought you was too admit, much. You know, it's. At least there's no doubt. At least with twelve, and you incorporate the bowls. At least there, there's no. It leaves you without a doubt. At least you know who the best team is. 
That's the thing I never understood. That's why college football was insane. I mean, in the prehistoric days, they let a freaking poll, well, that was a stupid. popularity contest, decide who the national championship is, yeah. which is insane. Like, that's unbelievable. It's so un-American. Yeah. We're talking about America, America and sports. Well, let me have a poll and they vote on the best team. That's ridiculous. Decided on the field. And then, you know, even this situation where we're arguing, you know, Alabama, TCU, whatever you want, you know, 12 teams, there's no doubt. Nobody can cry. It is what it is. The true, the best team wins. Yeah. I will also say, too, when it comes to just getting back to the scenario we're in now, there's no remedy for it until we get to 2024, but the idea that Ohio State can essentially backdoor its way into the playoff kind of sucks too, to be honest with you. I agree. Like I don't. There's I, now, granted, there's no other way around it because you have to put somebody in there. You're not going to put USC in there with two losses. If USC was unbeaten and they lost to Utah, maybe you would have an argument to keep them in there. Maybe, but I don't think that they would. It's just weird that Ohio State can get and not only lose but get run off of their own home field. You know, USC at least I guess in, in their biggest game, like in, yeah. in your rivalry your point, game, right? Like by by its biggest rival at home. I mean, listen, I understand your point a little bit when it comes to you know expanding playoffs because it diminishes games like you know Ohio State, Michigan because they both you know, be in. Yeah, in twenty twenty four, they'll listen, both be in. And, and even now, I mean, look, this year they it's, still it's, might it's both be in. Yeah, right, they're in, and you go. How's that possible? Like, there, it, 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 and I feel you on it because it takes some of the onus, it takes some of the impact of those rivalry games, the SEC title game, mm-hmm. right? For you know the 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 always, I mean, we, you remember all those SEC battles that would happen, LSU, Alabama, oh yeah, Florida you know, in their heyday, yeah, right. I mean, you know, it takes some of the luster away from those games. But I mean, you still—it's still only twelve teams, and there's a million teams in you know in college football. So oh, yeah, because if we're arguing twelve, I mean, there could be arguments made down. You know, Washington's twelve right now in the CFP rankings, but Florida State surged at the end of the season. LSU, who people thought before they just you know crapped their pants last week against A and M, thought that if they beat Georgia this weekend, they can make it into the playoff. That's not going to happen now. Even if they beat Georgia, right. Georgia's still going to make it. Yeah. So there's there's always going to be argument and debate. But it lands a little softer when you're debating between 11, 12, 13, 14, and 2, 3, 4, 5. So I certainly understand that part of it. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, and it's interesting because it's funny. LSU, I felt the same way. I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? But LSU, up until the A&M game, I'm going, like, they were interesting. Like, yeah. the, you, you know, what, what I like about the expansion is teams that play better as the season goes on, you met you mentioned uh, Florida State, right, right? Right. Those teams now get rewarded because sometimes, like it's like the NFL, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes you may be the best team in October or the best team in the, you know uh, November, but hey, come February, who knows how team how injuries teams come together, especially college football because you're dealing with kids, and, and when a team comes together. You know, I mean, that's when you realize how good they are. Yeah. I mean, if we were using the college football system at the NFL, I mean, the Bengals wouldn't even have had a chance to make it to the Super Bowl last year. Right. Because you know? at this I think they're right at the same point this year as they were last year record-wise, or maybe a game off before they, you know, they basically turned it on towards the end of the season. You wouldn't have an opportunity to be able to do that 
uh, in a college football sort of setup. So I certainly understand. And how many wild card teams have won Super Bowls or made deep runs in the Super Bowls? Both giant championships uh, yeah. under Coughlin were, were yeah. wild card teams. Yeah, they were. So it adds an extra element of intrigue, which again is why I was not against expansion. I just don't want to expand it too much. Because my thing is, you go to 12, what's to stop them from going to 16? And then going, doesn't the FCS have 20 or 24? I believe the FCS yeah, has 24. Yeah, yeah. And then it just, to me, it just further diminishes uh, the the special specialness of the regular season matchups, and they just they kind of lose their luster. And unless you're super incentivizing somebody uh, to get a top, you know, two or three seed, and what that is, a home game or a bye week, however that shakes itself out, it doesn't matter. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, if Caleb Williams is hobbling around in the second half, it's like, well, okay, maybe we'll lose seeding, but we're in the playoff anyway, so let's sit them down, you know. Uh, Michigan, Michigan, perfect example, Purdue today. Michigan really has nothing to play for. Like, if they really wanted to, they could probably sit everybody. They can lose by 30, and they'd fall to number four. And I just think you'd see a lot more of that happening uh, as we expand. And it's yeah, just like I, I, the, listen, the championship I, games mean literally nothing. Yeah, I, I, uh, I feel you on that. I mean, I do. It's funny. I, I love Purdue today. I do, too, be, for that because reason. Because of it. You know, yeah. it, it, you know again, I – you know, plus it, it, it's the spot, right? It comes after the big win on the road uh-huh. against its biggest rival, and now you got to turn around and you got to go play Purdue. I mean, I you know, yeah, Purdue can score some points. Spot. They can score some points there too. You know, question, yeah, I, question for you guys. Yeah, no, I've been thinking about this with Ohio State, and I know that after losing to Michigan. And a lot of people are saying, oh, Ryan Day's job shouldn't be on the hot seat. You, you, you've lost to Michigan two, in two years. Like it, it, you're, That's the only game that matters. But it looks like Ohio State's going back to the playoffs. Would you rather have to square off with Georgia, who could, you know, in a bad, in a bad tight spot, could absolutely run house on you? Or do you want to run the risk of if TCU loses, you go to three, you play Michigan a second time? And you potentially have the chance to lose to Michigan twice in a given year. Well, I'll tell you this: the committee What's will the, never. The committee will never let that happen. Are you sure about yeah, that? They're not going to find. They're, they're, they do not want a Michigan Ohio State rematch. They're not going to line that up. They wouldn't do that. So they'll find some way to justify to separate those two to make sure they play separate opponents. I, I agree. Get, I they agree did that last you. year with Georgia yeah. and Alabama. But they, yeah. they I, then why didn't they rank Alabama fifth and Ohio State sixth? I mean, why didn't I mean? I feel I mean, like I, the, probably because the, the one loss, but like the, you'd you'd have to come up with some real mental gymnastics you know, now. Flip those teams now. You, the first year of the college football playoff, I believe TCU went into the penultimate poll, ranked at number four. They won the Big Twelve, but because they didn't have a Big Twelve title game, they knocked them down to five and they missed the playoff. Like the committee can use whatever whatever rules and logic or pseudo logic that they want to move these teams TV around. marketing rates. Yeah, whatever they want to use, absolutely. So I can, I can guarantee quick, you, I guarantee you, we are I not going to get a Michigan Ohio State rematch. I think you're spot on. I completely agree. However, I will say this: if I'm Ryan Day, I want Michigan. I can't duck. This is my chance for yeah. get redemption. some instant revenge. Yeah, yeah. If I, if I, not to answer your question, Chris, if I can choose. First of all, I'd rather choose Michigan because still, even though I've already lost to them, I feel like I have a better chance of beating them than Georgia, if I'm to be Agreed. honest with myself. Yeah. It's a chance for now, but to your point. Now I get bow raced by Michigan and Georgia. Right. Now I'm really, I'm yeah, really. But if, but, you lose, but if you lose to Michigan twice in a year, you're automatically fired. You can't stick around. 
Yeah, yeah. That that's the only thing. That's the thing that works against you. And yes, there are, there have been calls for like Ryan Day not to be fired right now, but saying he's going to enter into this next year on the hot seat, which is I think ridiculous. <laughs> he has what? Four, he has four losses or whatever. He's like sure. forty-four. But it's and the important. It's the important game that he lost is against Michigan. It's the only game you can't lose. Yeah, and the thing is, he doesn't have the built-in equity of a national championship to kind of fall back on either. That's the thing that's hurt him. And, 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 and keeping it one hundred. That's a horrible loss. It is, like, and also like the got, way that you, you get lost, lost at your own home and your own right. house. And got run no off argument about right. flu or weather or nothing. And right. the, and like you the, got nothing to stand on. And one of the highs the Heisman Trophy, you know, candidate for Michigan didn't even play. He played what well, five snaps? You know, yes. yes. Your Heisman candidate uh, C.J. Stroud disappeared in the second half. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, bad. All right, we got to take a quick T.O. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We're the fellas. Continue our college football discussion right here on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. They are the best team. Is it Michigan? Because in a weird way, and you know how college football is, style make, styles make fights, Yeah, right? That's the old boxing adage, and it's true. And I actually think that Ohio State can scare Georgia more than Michigan can scare Georgia because uh, I just the way they match up, I, I think that Stroud can make some plays against the Georgia defense and kind of keep them in the game. Well, we were just talking about this during the break, me and Figgy, but uh, I, I think I said that Georgia, uh, Michigan is almost designed pound for pound to beat Ohio State to beat them at their game to disrupt their tempo it's what they've done two years now it took them a while to find it but that's what they have I I don't know I I feel like Georgia is kind of set up in a similar way at least on defense to beat someone like CJ Stroud but maybe he does kind of disrupt them in tempo I I do know Michigan right now is at a massive disadvantage by not having Blake Corum it's hard to be equitable you talk about you know opponents and different styles because you know every opponent is different in their own way but Georgia beat Tennessee, you know, and to the final score, I don't think is really indicative. I mean, they held Tennessee, who was scoring, you know, 40 points yeah. a week to 13 points. Yeah. And are you telling me that Ohio, no disrespect to Ohio State, they have some really good players. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a stud, all that stuff. Are at the same level, SEC level, like Tennessee is? So if, I'm, if you're telling me that Georgia. Offensively, can do, I do. I think offensively, that offense is as good as Tennessee's offense. Maybe as good, and if they are as good, I saw what Georgia's defense did to Tennessee. Yeah, no, so I, I mean, I, I'm I, just saying, I don't I, believe. I mean, so to answer your question, I yeah, do not yeah. believe that Ohio State has the horses to hang with Georgia offensive. The offense matched up against their defense. I do not. No. Okay, so 
My question was not – well, my question was comparing to Michigan, that Ohio State has a better chance to play with Georgia than Michigan does. Yes, that, they're, was my pre- that was my premise. Are they better equipped? Yes. I guess. Yeah. From the way that they are built, sure. Yes, yeah, I will give you I that. I mean, that's all my premises, is that I look at, you know, who Georgia is, all right, and I go, all right, how can I beat them? I need explosive plays. Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the strategy that, you know, Ohio State had last week where they basically just sold out on the run and said, okay, we got, you have to make sure J.J. McCarthy beats us on one-on-one matchups in the, in, through the air, which, by the way, which we said last week was going to have to be the case. Yeah, we and that's what he was able to do with a lot of. He wasn't even very efficient. What was he? Twelve of twenty-five yeah, or something? No, but he wasn't. He hit you know six humongous ones, and that was the big yeah. difference. Georgia can man up with Ohio State or Michigan. They can they can key in on the run and man you up on the back end and be able to shut you down. At least that is my belief. Yeah, they yeah. can they can make Stetson Bennett work for them. They've made it work against other teams in the SEC. They can make Stetson Bennett work. Like, and Bennett's, and ben, well, Bennett's been good this year. I think he's been under. I mean, he was, you know, if Stroud, which has fallen off, and Caleb Williams, who's obviously going to win it, had he fallen off, Stetson Bennett was right in line to be one of those guys to slide in, and he might still get an invite to New York. We'll see. Uh, yeah. As one of the as one of the Heisman favorites. Because Georgia is just so, you know, dominant over teams, and his numbers are not crazy, stupid, 55 touchdowns or whatever, he doesn't get as much pub, but he's been spectacular for them this year. Yeah, I yeah yeah he has been he has. Fig, do me a favor, hit us with some trending. All right. Well, speaking of uh, college football, Utah going back to the Rose Bowl for the second consecutive year. They trounced USC in the Pac-12 championship game, forty-seven to twenty-four. Cam Rising, three touchdown passes. Caleb Williams did have three touchdown passes as well for USC, but battled finger and a hamstring injury throughout the second half. Uh, lost a fumble through an interception late in the game. Hobbled his way through it. Uh, just wasn't enough to lead USC to a victory. Uh, the conference. USA championship going to UTSA, a 48 to 27 victory over North Texas. The head coaching carousel, Jackson State head coach Deion Sanders reportedly plans to resign and will become the new head coach at the University of Colorado. NBA, the Warriors got 26 points from Clay Thompson in a victory over Chicago. Memphis defeating Philadelphia 117 to 109 behind 28 points from John Morant. 44 points for Anthony Davis as he led the Lakers to a road victory over Milwaukee. The Bucks did get 40 points from Giannis Antetokounmpo. You had Brooklyn and Cleveland with victories. Miami with a victory over Boston in overtime. News out of Major League Baseball, free agent pitcher Jacob DeGrom, a five-year, $185 million contract with the Texas Rangers. Seattle acquired second baseman Colton Wong from the Brewers. Back to the fellas. Hey, by the way, that sign, that's a big signing, man. They're Texas? Do you know Texas? Oh, my God. Throwing that money around the last couple of seasons. You had Simeon and Seager last year. By the way, Bruce Bochy, I think, was a phenomenal hire at manager. Yeah, I do, too. He's, that was sharp, and that was a good move. So they're making some moves out there out west. Were you surprised? Now, by the way, the Mets, that's a huge yeah. hit that I they're taking. I was surprised that Stephen Cohen, who basically just has you know pockets that are endless, would not be able to match unless DeGrom just wanted out of New York, which I don't think that's was the really, case. That's kind of uh, – I, yeah, I, I wouldn't what think. Do you think it was? I know. I don't know. Because you would think it would be a blank check to keep him in, to keep him there. So I don't really understand it. So now you're looking at – I mean, the, the next best options, I believe, are Radon from San Francisco and then Verlander. That's pretty much, I mean, that's pretty much the top of the food chain when it comes to starting pitching right now in free agency. And I love Verlander, but, I mean. He's up there. I mean, you have Verlander and Scherzer will be your two aces. Are those guys going to make it through an entire season? Uh, that's it. I like, mean, you saw, listen, you saw in the World Series, 
in the playoffs, actually, because Seattle got to to Verlander yeah. in, in the first game. Like, you know, as great as he and he's great. He's had such a great career. Yeah. And I love Verlander. But, you know, I mean, he took – he was on the ropes all playoffs, man. And that's not the first time that's happened, by the way. Specifically in the World Series, he's had his struggles. So, Isn't it odd, real quick, as often aside, but isn't it odd you got Verlander, Greg Maddox, Clayton Kershaw, like these great pitchers who have gotten hit in the postseason? Yeah, I don't know if it's just a, it's a different game. I think at a certain point, after you struggle once or twice, I think for a lot of guys it gets between the ears, and that's what it is. You know, I can speak like watching pretty much every uh, playoff start Clayton Kershaw has made. It kind of followed the same script. He'd get off to a good start, he'd hit some yeah. adversity, and then it would all just implode on him. Now he's done better the last three pro seasons or so. I think he's kind of you know overcome that. Uh, but for the for the better part of almost a decade, it was always the same thing. There was a certain point in the game, you get to the fifth or sixth inning, which, you know, you talk about the third time around the order, but even more so than that, it's just one play or two plays would just cause them to just unravel. Uh, and that what, happens. What was that? Um, remember that game? What was the game? The 8 nothing game? Was that the lead 8 nothing fifth inning? What you was talking the, about against St. Louis? Yeah, what yeah was in 2014, that, I was at that game. <laughs> are you really? Yeah, I, I, I believe it was either like 6-2 to two or 8-1 to one or something like that. And it was just a complete and total meltdown by Kershaw. And I remember Matt Adams, who was a left-handed, you know, hitter, power guy, but was a strikeout, you know, hit like under 200, had never gotten a hit off of Kershaw, was like 0 for 15 or something like that, and just hits the monster shot to tie the game. And it was at that point where it was like, okay, Kershaw is like, he's lost it. Like, when a guy that you basically is untouchable, you're untouchable against, and he lights you up in a postseason game like that. That's when you knew it was just between his ears. It was amazing yeah. to actually sit there and witness a meltdown like that in front of you. It was uh, it was pretty surreal. That had to be, man. I mean, someone as great as him. I mean, I, I it is uncanny, and that's why you know. Again, if you're the Mets, like to me, I would go Rodon. I think Rodon is the guy that I would I would look at. Yeah, well, just I mean, if, for no other reason, he's younger, you know. Yeah. You know, like Verlander, made, I think he had 28 or 29 starts this season, so he was durable this particular year. But guys don't get more durable the older they get, especially if you're a high-value. Greg Maddox could have, you know, or Jamie Moyer, who was throwing 70 miles an hour. You know what I mean? It's different. Right. If you're a power pitcher like those guys, that's you're, you're 100% yeah, you right. you lose a tick or two off your fastball, that makes a huge difference, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I would go with Rodon, too. But, yeah, I don't know what the Mets are thinking, and I was surprised that they didn't basically give DeGrom whatever he wanted. And to your point, maybe they did offer it to him, and maybe he wanted out. Yeah, yeah. Listen, one thing, you go to uh, you go to Texas, that's a great place to pitch in. Yeah, the well. Pitcher's Park, man. You, cl- you close that roof. Yeah, indoors. Indoors, indoors. Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, interesting stuff. All right, but it is a college football Saturday, and it's the conference championship game. Now, what do you do? Like the the conference championship games, how do you incorporate that and a playoff and have it mean something? Then it gets down to the buys, and is it the sense that, well, you know, you do the bye weeks and you hope that – or the bye that, that you hope that that's the ticket to make it competitive? Maybe. So it's like – so the conference champion – if you win your conference championship game, you would get that bye, I guess is the way yeah. you would. Now here's the question. So this is a perfect scenario because if 
if you take today's Big Ten championship game, and let's just say Michigan loses to Purdue. Purdue's not even in the picture for being in the playoff at the moment. But if they win their conference championship, I guess they would just automatically make it. So would you put Purdue? So like, like three like or four college basketball. Yeah, with like four losses, five losses. But because they won their conference, they would yeah. get that automatic buy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would. Okay. I, I would treat it like that's how the NCAA tournament is, right? Where you know that's your that's your miracle hail mary. Well, with, with, with the NCAA tournament, it guarantees you a bid, but it doesn't guarantee you a top seed. If you win your conference tournament. Right, but if you go back way back in the history of the tournament, mm-hmm. NC State with Jim Valvano, and we just had the Jimmy V Classic and the right. whole thing, they weren't even going to be in the tournament. And they won the ACC tournament, mm-hmm. and that's what got them in the NCAA tournament. Right. Right, you're, but, they beat Houston and shocked the world. Right, but for me, there's a difference between winning a conference tournament or winning a conference championship and qualifying for the postseason and ha- having a mediocre regular season, winning the conference tournament or conference championship, and getting a bye. I feel like that that's the thing that, that kind of gets me. That's that's the tough part. So let, let's examine this. I, I let, Look at it from the underdog first, right? Okay. If you're Purdue – and you beat Michigan mm-hmm. in the twelve teamer. Are you in? Well, assuming that they go off of automatic qualifiers for a conference champions, champions, then they have to be in. Yes, they'd have to be in. See, I would agree with that. And I don't necessarily. By the way, how many times? It, how many times will that happen? Rarely. Where they're like, you know, like they're a seventeen-point underdog. Yeah. You know, and they win. I, I say God bless. It's rare, and it happened. And I, I wouldn't have the – I'd have an issue with it, but I wouldn't raise a big stink about it, you know? Right. Um, now, the other issue is – and here's the other thing, too, is the, is the conferences, like the weight of the conferences. Mm-hmm. So, now you look at the Big Ten, and, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden, they're going to be a, 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 a mammoth conference. Right. And until you have basically those two – Big Ten SEC, and then, you know, you got everybody else. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too. It, it won't be equitable in that you could conceivably have, let's say, Michigan, Ohio State, and USC all qualify in the Big Ten. You know, you'd have Alabama, Georgia, you know, LSU all qualify, but they all obviously can't get buys. But if they all have, let's say, three losses, two losses, there's a one-loss team in there that didn't win its conference, but you're going to put in – Let's say Texas wins the Big 12 championship game at 8-4, and four, and they get a bye. It's not necessarily fair to the one-loss team from the better conference. Yeah. But, you know, these th- to your point, though, has this ever been fair? <laughs> so, no, no you know, it's never been. Is it, this, so it'll be, it'll be more close. fair. It'll be more right. fair, you know. It's as close as you're ever going to get. As you're ever going to get. You, you know what that is, Anthony? It's the, it's the NFL model to a degree. Because it Texas, is. in effect, being yeah. eight and four, I'm using that as, as an example, being eight and four, winning their conference uh, championship game, will host a playoff game. But it's no different than a, a, a mediocre division winner in the NFL hosting a playoff, a wild card playoff game over a team with a better record. We've seen that happen multiple times. Yeah, and I hate that yeah. too, by the way. Yeah, I I don't like that either. I don't like that. But I mean, this is that's is what it is. Yeah, it's better than what we have. It's not yeah. perfect. I don't know if it ever will be perfect, but it's better than what we've had. All right, well, let's do this. Let's take a quick T.O. We'll come back, and uh, and we'll go through the rest of the games today. There's some picks I like. I actually want to throw by you guys. 
where the fellas hanging out on a Fox football and football Saturday. All right. Welcome back, fellas, from the TireRack.com studios. It's Championship Saturday. I can't believe we're here. It's Saturday, December the 3rd. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. You know, I thought about this. You know, it's it's kind of like what is it's the best of times and the worst of times kind of situation. Yeah. Mayfly of a sport, man. Yeah, because yes. we, you know, we, you love all the matchups that have so much meaning. You know, you play the entire season to get to this point, yet the entire season comes to this point and it's almost over. Yeah. So when I thought, thought about the game coming up this morning or talking about the show coming up this morning, I was like, yeah, Anthony's uh, going to be pretty distraught knowing that yes. there's only a few weeks left of this. And I always like, let's slow down, slow down, slow down. Damn. Well, we're here. Uh, let's go over the action today. Uh, beginning at noon, TCU, Kansas State. That line is down to one and a half. If there is ever a Kansas State line, it's this one. Here's TCU at 12-0. and 0. It's a rematch, as uh, you guys well know, of that game on uh, October the 22nd where TCU rallied to beat Kansas State. Remember, Kansas State's up 28 to 17, 28 to 10. 28 to 10, yeah. Deuce Vaughn had the 47-yard run to put him up 28 to 10. Midway through the second quarter, and TCU rallied big second half, big, big second half to beat them 38-28. They dominated the second half. Uh, how we how we viewing this game? Well, I don't believe that Kansas State's going to pounce on TCU again, uh, but they are fairly evenly matched, even in that they are built differently. Kansas State, more of your classic, you know, you'll run the ball, take some shots downfield while TCU is a kind of a team that they now they run the ball too. And that's one thing that gets over or, you know, underappreciated about them. They think they just drop back with Duggan and just throw the ball left and right, but they're fairly balanced offensively. Um, but, you know, I feel like TCU is still the best, the better team and that they just kind of got ambushed and found a way to rally and get that victory. I don't think they're going to run Kansas state off the field by any stretch. It'll be a competitive game, but I, I still expect TCU to win. Yeah, I, the line is a weird line, man. I mean, well, you would think that here's an unbeaten TCU team playoff. Uh, you know, let's face it. I mean, the playoff. You you're probably right. They will probably get in no matter what. But you're still, you know, you don't want to leave it up to chance. No, you don't. Well, I guess, and, and the stat is, I think the seven straight games, seven straight one-possession games TCU has won, which no team has done in decades. So it's like they've been living very, uh, very th- on very thin margins these last couple of months. But they've been finding ways to win. And, like, there's part of it you can say, like, wow, they're, they're just a hair away from losing all these games. But then there's the other side of it is, like, well, they're battle-tested. And they know that they can win big, and they know that they can win in crunch time. And I think in the, the bigger the game gets, being battle-tested in close games actually helps you. So that's, that's as big of a reason as any as, I, as to why I think they're going to win the game today. Interesting. Uh, you know, I hear you. I, um, 
I just look at him and I go, ah, there's, I, got, I got like a nagging, weird feeling somehow. Well, I think Kansas State wins it. Now, I don't know. It Kansas could be my State, own biases. I don't know. I will say there's a history of this. Kansas State, Iowa State is kind of like this, too, in the Big 12. They have a history of kind of being giant killers, you know, getting big victories when you don't expect them to. Go all the way back to the Big 12 title game in 2003, I think it was, when Jason White won the Heisman, and it was L. Roberson and Darren Sproles who came in with like four losses or something. Ohio, uh, um, Oklahoma was undefeated, and they ran roughshod. It was like 40-7 to seven or something like that. They destroyed Oklahoma. Then, of course, Oklahoma still made it to the national title game uh, and lost to LSU, but I digress. Uh, they, so these sort of things do happen, you know, when it comes to teams like Kansas State. So I think that's as big of a reason as any as why people think that they have a shot. And they've had a good year. They're nine and three, you know. Yeah. They didn't come out. Yeah. In, they didn't come out of nowhere. They're not Purdue, you know, who were just coming out of a god awful Big Ten West and they only won because somebody had to win it. You know, Kansas State has very much earned their way into this championship game. They deserve to be here, and they're a really good team. How you feeling, Chris? What do you think about your team? Because you're another TCU sympathizer. <laughs> I, I just think they haven't gotten the fair shake that they did. But look, K State's uh, they they're 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 kind of like Utah. They're one of those teams that just exist to trip up other teams like this. So I actually don't like I don't like TCU in this matchup. I think they're I think Kansas State is probably gonna win this. Wow. You're with me. You actually like K State in the game too? I, I think they've played very well down the stretch here, K State. I think they they are a tough game. I agree. Game. Yeah. I agree. Wow. Amazing. I'm shocked. All right. We'll come back the rest of the slate NFL and back to the World Cup. Fellas on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, that's us. We are the Vellas coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios. Let's talk about Tyrac.com as uh, we tell you about them all the time. It's the way tire buying should be. That's right. TireRack.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. All right. Big day today. Big games all over college football. And, it, well, you know, it's funny. I, you know, I say it, and it's, it's the championship, but. It really is a weird day because you have these games that are conference championships and, you know, quite frankly, it doesn't matter. Like in Georgia, like we, we talked a lot about Kansas State TCU and that game is a big game and it matters and it could matter. 
what doesn't matter is LSU could lose or Georgia could lose to LSU and Georgia's not going anywhere. Georgia's in. Um I actually think the game's gonna be close. Seventeen and a half point line. I actually like LSU in the game. You you like them to cover? Yeah. Now is that because you just think they match up well or do you think that Georgia's not gonna be as motivated Both. to go all out? Both. I think there is a little bit of motivation issues with Georgia. And I actually think they do match up a little bit against Georgia. Yeah. My concern will be Jaden Daniels has has an ankle injury. Right. Um, Right. It was in a boot all week long. Yeah. And he's someone that relies on his mobility to be effective. And you need to pull out all the stops against this Georgia team, motivated or not. Even if Georgia's going at 75%, they're better than, you know, 80% of the country going going at that level. You know what I mean? So... Uh, that's the reason why I I don't seventeen and a half is a lot to, to lay in a in a title game. No, Daniels, I, I, listen that that injury is everything. Yeah, so if he was one hundred percent healthy, it, I think I'd be I'd feel more apt to be confident to say that they cover the spread on that. But I yeah. I I don't I just don't see it. It was going to be tough sledding for their offense against Georgia anyway, and now with him being you know hobbled, I, I just don't see a way that uh, LSU is going to be able to move the ball on them. I have, to, I have to be honest with you. I was shocked at A&M putting 38 up on them. I was I was shocked. Yeah, so were they. <laughs> like, my God, it was ridiculous. I mean, the one thing you say about LSU is that defense started to come into, into form a little bit. I mean. They did. You know, look. Now, look, they gave up some points, too. I mean, the, the, the Alabama game was a shootout, you know. Um, well, but really, I mean, it was overtime. Yeah, it was, it was. I mean, the game was played in the 30s. I mean, it's not like it, this wasn't. You yeah, know, but you hold Alabama to, to, to nine points through the first three quarters. Yeah. I just, I just, I, mean, I, I, mean, I think it's. I think, I think it's a. I think it's a. I think it's a. First of all, this Alabama offense is not the classic I, Alabama I, offense I, we're I, used to. This yes, Georgia team I agree. is better. I agree. They don't have that. You know, take the top off. You know, Alabama doesn't have. You know, that receiver that we've known for, you know, we've seen him, Jamison Williams, all those guys on the outside. I, I just think LSU's defense is good. I think they've gotten better throughout the year. I mean, you know. I, I mean, would be, I'd be more confident in LSU if I hadn't just watched them just get utterly well, worked I mean, around by A&M. I know. I hear you. I mean, listen, that's legit, guys. Who was basically, I mean, and the way they played was by what they basically, basically ran it right down their throats and hit them in the mouth with Devin Ashane. I mean, Georgia can do that. Better than A and M can. I know. So I, listen, you're you listen. You're not wrong. I I hear you. You're not wrong. Um. All right. That's why I said I was shocked by that. I was. I thought LSU would stand up to that. U.S. Uh, UCF Tulane. Oh, there's be Tulane. some points scored there. Oh my! Right in the American Championship, Tulane is a four point favorite in the game. Oh. That might be, believe it or not, like the most entertaining yeah. of, the, of the games, you know, because both teams, I mean, they're not playing for pride. They're playing for they're not playing for a playoff spot, I guess is the point. But for Tulane, hasn't played a real meaningful postseason game in forever, you know, so a big game for them. Like, I, I think this is probably going to be a more from a, just a purely watching football, being entertained with a lot of points being scored. This is probably going to be the best game of the day. Yeah, it could be a, it could be a lot of fun. That two lane team is a good team. They are very good. Yeah, they they're uh, they're, they're look at them. So this is their schedule. This is what they've done this year. No, so they, they beat, beat Kansas State. I know that. Right. They beat uh, you know obviously UMass, Alcorn State, and like you said, they beat Kansas State seventeen to ten mm-hmm. 
middle of September. They lose a Southern Miss. They come back to beat Houston. They beat East Carolina. They beat South Florida. They beat Memphis. They beat Tulsa. They lose to UCF in a shootout. I remember that Saturday. I remember that game. Mm-hmm. It was 38-31. Uh, they uh, roll up on SMU, 59 on them. They beat Cincinnati on the road. That was a good win that Friday after Thanksgiving. Yep, it was. It absolutely was. And that's going to set the stage. Who do you like? I like Tulane in the rematch. Uh, I really feel, I don't know what the line is on this one. I really feel like four. it can go either way. It's four in favor of Tulane. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I like what UCF is doing too with Gus Malzahn. You know, um, yeah. they're playing. Obviously, they're they're and they're these two teams kind of mirror each other. High powered offense. I think they both allow about twenty some odd points per game defensively. Uh, so they're really complete teams from that standpoint. Uh, but yeah, I probably would like Tulane in the rematch here too. And then you got the uh, Mountain West Championship game, Boise and Fresno. I'm going to tell you the wrong team is favorite. Okay. I think Fresno wins the game. I think they're the better team. I think you're looking at the Boise brand. Uh, I like Fresno a lot. I like Hainer. I think think they're going to win the game. I would not be surprised by that at all. That makes sense to me. Uh, Although I will say – and maybe this is why it's kind of in the favor of Boise State is that it is going to be on the on the Smurf turf. So well, that, right. That matters. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, just, they're favored yeah. by three, so it's not like, you know, if it was a neutral site game, I wonder if it would be a pick em, you know? Yeah, I, I think they're favored by three because of the brand, too. I think they look at the brand, they go, oh, it's on the blue field. Everybody knows Boise. Well, but I think, the I think Fresno field, is good. Home field. Fresno is good. They're very, they're very solid. Uh, but I do think playing, hosting a conference championship game at home helps. Agreed. You know, so that that I mean, it's like it's the NFL model. It's like, well, the the home team automatically gets three points. I think it's yeah. kind. Of, I think it's kind of that viewpoint here with Boise State. Yeah. Uh, Fr- uh, Bo- uh, Fresno lost. If you remember. Shootout, thirty-five, thirty-two to Oregon State. They lose. They get they get beat up, forty-five, uh, seventeen to the U- USC. And then earlier on, in the uh, in the early game between the two, Boise wins it forty to twenty. Yeah, I think they went on a roll after that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they did. Boise had a bit. The game was tied in the third quarter. And then Boise rolled. They got a late touchdown, too, to seal it. Um, well, you know, and Boise is riding a wave of momentum, too, because I want to say about a month, month and a half ago, there was a shakeup offensively. Hank Bachmeyer, who was phenomenal the last couple of years, transferred out. They got a new starter in there. They have a new offensive coordinator. Dirk Cutter, I think, is now the offensive coordinator. Yeah, he yeah. came in midseason. Yeah. So they've kind of been riding a wave of momentum over the last month and a half, two months, too. And so maybe that's why, because of – their wave of momentum, that might be another reason as to why people are kind of favoring them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Say it. Michigan, Purdue, we talked about it. That's tonight. Michigan, a 16-and-a-half-point favorite over the Boils. I, I think Purdue covers, right? I think so, they too, cover. dude. I'm with you. So here's the thing, too, because I wonder, and I think uh, Kirby Smart addressed this, and we'll get to the SEC, too, but – about finishing undefeated, winning the conference championship, and having it actually mean something, to which I don't, I don't think he's lying when he says it. 
But I think being healthy going into the playoff is more trumps everything else. I mean, you want to who would have cared last year if Georgia would have beat Alabama in the SEC title game and then lost in the playoff? Few people, you know, really, unless you follow this really closely, remember the fact that that Alabama actually won the SEC. You know that Georgia won the national title. So if you're Michigan, I mean, you already lost Blake Corum. Do you want to risk getting somebody else of substance hurt in a game that is essentially meaningless? Again, with the knowledge that you're not going to face Ohio State in the first round again regardless. So you're going to end up facing TCU or whoever that other team is. So – if it, it would not surprise me if Michigan treats this as like a de facto preseason game and gets their starters out there for some run, hope to build the lead, and then try to sit on it. But if they don't, you know, take the foot off the gas in the second half. And because of that, that's why I think Purdue would end up covering. And I wouldn't be surprised if Purdue actually won and Michigan wouldn't care. Yeah, I could totally see it. I could totally see that. Because Purdue is dangerous, man. Yeah, they can score points. Absolutely. And it would be and huge it, for them, for them to say that they they are the Big Ten champions. Oh my be God! They're going to they're ball out. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to ball out all the way. And then <laughs> the ACC title game. Now you know, two weeks ago we thought yeah. it might have some importance. I mean, they lost to South Carolina. I mean, South Carolina has had a pretty pretty good last two weeks, huh? Amazing, isn't it? I mean, that's incredible. That's unbelievable. You hand it to Tennessee and Clemson in back-to-back weeks. 63 on Tennessee. Then you come back and you take care of Clemson on the road. What? Yeah. I will, I'll say that at least they, it, I'm intrigued by the ACC championship game in that it, it's strength on strength. And North Carolina's uh, offense against that uh, Clemson defense. Yeah, but the other way around, Clemson, uh, North Carolina's defense is atrocious, and DJ Uyunglele. Last time we saw him was like nine for thirty passing or something. So, so about he, eight for twenty nine, oh, ninety nine yards I gave, and an interception. I gave him too much credit. I gave him an extra completion. And <laughs> talk about talk about two different stories because as much as DJ's story is going downhill on one end, Drake May, everyone is really talking him up, especially as we look forward to not this coming draft NFL draft, but the year after, when he'll be coming out alongside Caleb Williams, but Drake May has kind of lit a lot of the world on fire. Just, you know, he's kind of the other quarterback that no one's really talking about too much, but yeah, well, damn if he's not playing well. Yeah, his production's been incredible. No one's talking about him because he plays on North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. Yeah. You know, uh, who, by the way, has not had a bad year. You know, they're 9-3. No. They're, and three. they're in the top 25. Um, yeah, it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a different distance versus surviving App State. But they've yes. played fairly well, and they're playing for an ACC title right now, they which just, is yeah, best they can do right now. Yeah, they just play in so many shootouts. You know, it's their their defense has just been just terrible oh, all season. It's almost as bad as USC's. Yeah, maybe even worse. The US, <laughs> USC saving grace at least was that they forced turnovers. You know, dude, I, I it masked a, it masked a lot for them. I know, dude. So I, bad. I, I mean, what in the world? How is it so bad? Explain to me that. Well, and that was my question when uh, Lincoln Riley decided to bring Alex Grinch with him as his defensive coordinator because Oklahoma's defenses were never that good. So it's like if, I realize he's your guy and you're loyal to your guys, but at some point production has to you know mean something or lack thereof. And so USC definitely has talent defensively. They always have talent. But yeah. for them to perform that poorly – if you want to put an emphasis on turnovers, sure. But and it's also it's not Anthony like they just put an emphasis on. All right, we're gonna give up some big plays because we're gonna be hunting for turnovers. 
I mean, just look at that. I mean, you saw the game close last night. How many missed tackles did they have? I know. How many times tight ends running downfield and guys are flailing and not making tackles? It was just bad fundamentals. It was terrible. I know. And I, a lot I, of people are surprised that Alex Grinch is, 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 was hired as a defensive coordinator, and it, it doesn't seem as if he's going to go anywhere anytime soon. It's pretty, it's pretty astounding. It really is. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the one things that held his Oklahoma teams back uh, was their defenses when they faced big-time competition in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they gave up a ton, a ton of points, a ton of yards, man. All right, uh, let's take a quick T.O. We'll come back and we'll take a gander at the NFL. Let's look at some of the big stories in the NFL that's coming up next where the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, welcome back, fellas. Hanging on a Fox football Saturday. We're also about two and a half hours Away from the World Cup, USA, USA, USA. Don't forget, well, we are uh, broadcasting from the Tyrac.com studios. We'll get back to the World Cup. Let's tackle some NFL and some of the big NFL stories for this weekend. Let's start with Thursday night and uh, the Patriots. And I'm curious, guys, when we look at the Patriots issues, you know, it's bizarre, man. Like, first of all, I love Buffalo, the game. We talked about it. You know, I mean, they're just a better team. I know they've been on the road. They're just such – they're so much the better team. And that defense is not Minnesota's defense. But, man, that Patriots offense, how you got to go down the fields. The play calling is horrendous. Oh, Surprised, huh? Right. Didn't we talk Matt about this Patricia. before the season started? Yes, when we, we did. When we talked about you, our coaching you said wow, Matt Patricia's not doing well, huh? And I mentioned that Bill Belichick is not bad, and he's not a sieve or anything, but to say that he may be losing it just a little bit, using Matt Patricia and you Joe Judge, it. who had no experience whatsoever for calling offense and stealing them with a young quarterback, I am not the least bit surprised at how poor they're playing offensively. Not the least bit. Nailed I expected this it. to happen. And now, they, thankfully, I mean, defensively, they've held they've more than held their own most weeks, and that's why they're sitting at 500 at this moment. Yeah, because in time. he's always been a defensive genius, and yeah, but, he knows how to build a defense. But he woefully mishandled uh, this offensive situation. Woefully. Yeah, I mean, look how bad. I mean, that is. I'm not even sure the rationale on handing any responsibility to Patricia even began with. Like again, he's not a you know offensive guy to begin with, but also like. I don't exactly know what um, what you saw from him in Detroit that made you think he could handle any of the pieces here. Like it just it felt like it was just kind of a way to kind of keep Patricia around, which I don't even understand why you even did that to begin with. But uh, maybe I'm bitter, and maybe it's warming <laughs> yeah, my just, black heart that a second fan base you. wants Patricia gone. I understand. Yeah. Listen, I'm you. I got. Hey, I give you. Add a guy, Chris. I just, I just don't I, understand I what too, the. I, I mean, this you, you know how hard I've, I've watched a lot of coaches coming and go, and I know that a lot of guys work like hell to make their way up the ranks in the NFL. So I'm not sure what exactly we saw in Matt Patricia to keep giving him the opportunities when there were probably a lot of other well, well qualified people to run an offense for Bill Belichick, and he's he's instead handing it to. Patricia, who I again, I'm still not even sure we ever heard the rationale as to why 
why this guy is getting so much control in New England to run their offense alongside Joe Judge, who also kind of blew his chance where where it was there too and absolutely did not perform well with another young quarterback over in 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 New York when he was there with the Giants. Yeah, I'll say and I'm I hate the fact I understand why he did it because he's a young quarterback in year two and doesn't have a lot of juice. I would not have walked back my comments that were caught on camera talking about throwing the ball downfield because to your point, Anthony, he's right. They should be attacking deep more. They should be more diverse offensively. Yeah, I mean, this is this is part of the problem. So when Mac Jones, you know, was caught on the sidelines saying, like, you know, push the bleeping ball downfield, I wish he would have not taken that back in the postgame because he was 100% right. I know, man. I mean, come on, dude. What are you doing? I just thought sometimes, like, these – I think I, I think he saw what happened to Zach Wilson. He's trying to avoid that same fate. Like I don't even know if it's, it's not even his fault. I don't even know. Like Zach Wilson is like you know overthrowing guys three yards away from. Like Mac Jones, I think can play. I just think he's just in a bad situation right now. I don't think I Mac agree. Jones is great, but he's so we've seen flashes. You know, look how he played against Minnesota. Like we've seen flashes of what he can do. Yeah, he's just yeah, it's just I, not it's just I, not working I, with I, the coordinators right now. I agree, brother. I I I'm with you. I. I look at this thing and I go, yeah, uh, there's something, there's just something bad about it. Ah, ugh. Well, ugh. you saw the rumors this week, uh, the fact that uh, Bill O'Brien, who's the yeah. OC at uh, Alabama, potentially could be coaxed back to New England, and then along with that, there were rumors Tom that Tom Brady could leave Tampa Bay and come back to New England. I don't think it happens, but I've seen crazier things. Yeah, I. I I could see Brady going back. I, I can't. I, you know, again, he, you remember, listen, he was trying to go to Miami. Correct. Oh, there was the ownership thing and all that tied in. Yes. You know, I, 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 can, I can believe it. And if he feels, can, sorry, if he feels things are coming apart at the seams in Tampa, which seems like they might be, there's nothing wrong with going back to greener pastures and going yeah, to a relationship that you know, at least from a football standpoint, you know, works. You know, and you go back to your happy place, man. Right, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of what it is. I'm with you. I, I think he goes back, and I think there is a uh, – I, I think he goes back, and I think it's kind of a – it's a reunion, as I, unholy as it is. Yeah. <laughs> I do think they have to get him some talent. I mean, also, I think they're a little bit uh, devoid of impact uh, skill position skill players. players, too. Your best skill player cannot be Nelson Aguilar. And I love I Nelson Aguilar, but yeah, I the SC guy, but I, I can't. No. Yeah. No. He's he's a third receiver at best. Do you know the story about Nelson Aguilar in Philadelphia? Uh, I'd like to hear it. So he, he was horrendous. Yeah. Did I not mean, have a good tenure there. Yes. I mean, obviously, I think absolutely horrendous. And Chip drafted him, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Chip drafted Chip him in the first round. All Chip did was draft Pac-12 players. Yeah. And if you wonder why my I always had this. Oh, this is back, what it is. Pac-12. <laughs> now, here we go. Now I understand where, where hatred. It yes, it's because all because he, he didn't know he didn't know anybody. Yeah. Other than the Pac-12, so he all he did was draft Pac-12 players. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and I love you and Link. So I mean, it was it's really difficult. Yeah. But Nelson Aguilar stinks, right? And yeah. he was in Philadelphia, and he was horrible. I mean. He played like a lamb. He dropped ball. He was just terrible. Who was worse, him or Jalen Rager? Uh, Probably Rager, Rager, right? I feel like 
again, I feel like Aguilar in the right spot as like a third or fourth guy is okay. But you take well, him in the run. first round. Yeah, he can run, yeah. but he fumbles He's the ball. He's better than Rager. Yeah. He's better than Rager. Uh, uh, he is. He, but he was horrendous in Philadelphia. And yeah. what, it, it was great. So I don't know if you remember. There was a story, right? There was a guy. There was a fire. And they were trying to get a baby out of the second floor. Yes, I know this well. Yes, go on. Uh, I don't, yeah, and I don't know, Chris, if you know it. Anyway. I'll they, see if they, I can pull the sound if I can dig it up. They drop the baby, and there is a man, firefighter, who catches the baby. And, you know, he's a hero. And the, and the local news interview, oh, my God, how you know what happened? Tell us about it. And he was, I'm not going to drop it like now. We think I was going to drop the baby like Nelson Aguilar? Yeah. I mean, classic. In the moment of this like, heroic moment. And he's ripping Aguilar. Oh, it was great. Only Philadelphia does that happen. Let me uh, see if I found the audio. Let's uh, play a little bit of this yeah. news report that Anthony's talking about. It was coming down the street. It was like in the far off distance or whatever like that. Smoke started getting worse. Then I seen a guy hanging out the window, you know, screaming that his kids was in there and things like that. So I, I ran to the back door to see if it was open, and it was. I ran upstairs, and then I was greeted with smoke. Ran back downstairs. By that time, the ladder truck was pulling up, and ironically, me and my one of my ex, my old coworkers took the ladder off the off the truck, raised it up, and assisted people down. My man just started throwing babies out the window. We was catching, unlike Aguilar and his mishaps. I like to put that out there. <laughs> That's amazing. I will say, by the way. Nelson Aguilar did like give that guy tickets too. Like he was a good sport about it. Like he gave him yeah, tickets for a future nice game. Yeah, he's a nice so, dude. I mean, like a, I give him props. So he could have could have ripped into him or something or said something negative. But he was a, he was a good sport about it. At yeah, least he couldn't say nothing because a lot of a lot of athletes are very sensitive, you know, right. about about everything, whether they're in the right or not. Right. So I'll give him that. And he is a nice guy. I didn't cover him much at SC, but a couple of interactions yeah. with him. And he's a very nice guy. Yeah. That is my all-time favorite uh, Philly Philly uh, interview. That's you five. That, that was five blocks away from me at Temple. I was like, yeah, I, wow. I, I think I was a senior, and I was like, I was watching that, and I was like, did he actually just say that? I'm like, I'm like, unlike Aguilar, uh, I'm like, what? there's babies flying out of a window, and he's making jokes about Aguilar. It was really is only in Philly, so right because it was you know I mean it was serious man. How many how many times you gonna drop a touchdown? And he he was no, the, 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 no, the city was like it was. It was really bad. They wanted they wanted him gone. And there's there's definitely it. a point where it doesn't matter what a player does. At that point, it's it's kind of from I I, I love this term. I, I watch too much Master and Commander. It you, you become a Jonah, right? Like Jonah the whale. Like you're just you feel like you're just utterly cursed. And there's by by God or a higher power. And there's nothing you're going to do that's going to please people. Eric Ebron was kind of the same way when he was in Detroit. I remember yeah, but he like, was actually like decent. Yeah, he was, but exactly what you're talking about. Like nobody will remember I his actual. No, no, no. Listen, nobody will care about how e- how decent Eric Ebron was because he would drop third third down passes. He would drop touchdowns. His right. rates were about equal to the rest of the league for a top tight end, but it didn't matter. Detroit people would line up in his comments where he had a baby and say like, "Oh, you got to be careful. You don't drop your baby," because he would drop third down passes. Like that's that's it doesn't matter what you do as long as like you if you screw up in the critical moments it doesn't matter what your averages or anything like that is. I yeah. can think of 
maybe two plays at least right now this year where Aguilar is caught in big uh, big passes and then fumbled them away. I think I think the first Jet game I think they lost because he fumbled the one away. <laughs> oh my God, that's great! Uh, I think do me a favor, hit us with some trending. All right, Utah Utes going back to the Rose Bowl for the second straight year. They hammered USC in the Pac-12 title game Friday night, forty-seven to twenty-four, three hundred and ten yards passing for Cam Rising. He also had three touchdowns in that game. Caleb Williams three three hundred and sixty-three yards passing and three scores as well as he battled through injuries. Elsewhere, you had UTSA winning the Conference USA Championship with a blowout victory over North Texas. A report that Deion Sanders reportedly leaving Jackson State, going to resign his position there and will become the head coach at the University of Colorado. Baseball news, former Met Jacob deGrom. What do we think of that? Uh, <clears throat> if I were him, I would have waited for a better job, personally. I don't know if I would have taken Auburn. I was thinking Auburn. the same thing. Uh, I know he was linked to Auburn before Hugh Freeze. I actually think Hugh Freeze is a, is a much better hire, and he actually will have more success. Auburn is a tough job because you're always in the shadow of Alabama, but you feel you should be better than Alabama. So it's it's, just, it's a weird complex. I mean, look how quickly Malzahn was run out of there, you know, right? and how quickly uh, Chiswick was run out of there. You know, it's just that's a tough job. So you have to have the right person. And Hugh Freeze knows how to recruit the SEC and have success. He beat Saban twice at Ole Miss. Yeah. So I think that was a more perfect hire. But if I was Dion, I probably would have waited for another SEC job to open up. But if I'm if I'm a Colorado fan, a CU fan, I'm I'm overjoyed. Oh this would be God. amazing. Yeah, Are you kidding me? Like, look, Nebraska gets Matt Maddie right? They get Rule uh-huh. and Colorado now with Dion. I mean, you know, all of a sudden those two schools. Now, obviously, they're they're, they're they're always linked to the old Big Eight, you know. Correct. Right. But you know those two schools that were used to be really good. Now back, you know, now have some promise, some hope for the future. Yeah, definitely. So uh, that and well, the thing is too, where is Colorado even going to be in four years? What's the Pac-12? Is the Pac-12 going to be the Pac-12? You know, yeah, I know. I, so I you know, are they going to go back to the right. Big Twelve? Yeah. Unlike, unlike uh, you know, unlike the Big Twelve, they haven't exactly made plans to really replace. You know, uh, USC and UCLA, at least like the Big 12, they're going to have three new schools coming in right. very soon. But pack, pack, the pack has stayed pat. They don't seem to be, well, even internally, they seem to be fighting over what even is the is going to be what's going to happen to the conference. Well, they have to wait. They don't even know if UCLA with this Board of Regents crap is what yeah. I'm going to call it. Uh, that they have to wait on. I still think the UCLA is going to be allowed to go to the to the Big Ten, but they're probably going to have to end up giving some of their revenue to Cal, which is ridiculous. But anyway, so I think the Pac-12 really can't move forward until they get a definitive answer as to what's going to happen with UCLA. If George Klyovkov talked the other day, uh, yesterday as a matter of fact, about the TV contract and why that hasn't been inked yet. He didn't say why, but I mean, I'm pretty sure it's because nobody knows what the Pac-12 is even going to look like. So why am I going to sign a media rights deal when I don't even know what right. media markets are going to even be a part of this? Yeah. You can at least move to yeah. replace USC. You know USC's gone. So Yeah, but am I losing just USC or am I using UCLA and USC and have to replace both? You know, so And there have been talk of negotiations with San Diego State and some other teams. But look, there's also been talk of the Arizona schools leaving and going to the Big 12. Oregon and uh, Washington potentially could be added to the Big 10. So there's talk about them potentially leaving too. So then the Pac-12 would have to replace them. So yeah, that's kind of a lot of moving. Like there's a lot of moving parts. There, there's not as, but it, it, it seems like a lot of these schools have one foot out the door. They don't want the same cohesion that the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve, when they're faced with their two biggest brands, Texas and Oklahoma, leaving, they at least had a plan to go out there, 
get schools and figure out like the Pac-12. It seems like other schools want to ju- want to bolt too. That wasn't the that's, case with the Big Twelve. Well, that's exactly what it is because they knew the Pac-12 losing the Los Angeles market. The other teams knows how much that affects them. Because the media rights deal is not going to be as big if you don't have the second biggest media market in the country as part of the contract. So if I'm one of the Arizona schools or if I'm Washington or Oregon State or Oregon or whoever, you know, if I'm not going to be able to get big TV money uh, revenue because the L.A. market's not in there, well, why, maybe I should look to go somewhere else too. Maybe I should look to follow them. So it makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I, I, you know, not to go it, off on a Pac-12 tangent there, cuz, but no, no. Listen, you know, by all rights, by all means. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel you. But Dion is a good hire for Colorado. All right, let, let's uh, let, let's get it back because we were talking NFL and you know we 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 got stuck on the Patriots and and that situation. Let's kind of move on because what's going to happen in Houston this weekend. Uh, I, you know what's interesting to me? The uh, Browns are a seven-point favorite. And it is just I- ironic, right, that he makes his return back to the league against the Texans. It's bizarre. you know. How it's just league, weird how that works out, right? You know, completely yeah. bizarre. And by the way, I saw, like, headlines about, like, oh, how weird that this is only going to be shown in, like, 3% of the country. And it's like, why are they burying the game? So they're burying the game because it's a 4-7 and team versus a 1-9 and team. That's why. Exactly. <laughs> they're not trying to play football. Yeah, they're not trying to avoid the Deshaun Watson situation. They're just trying to like the only markets that should be watching this are Cleveland and Houston because the teams aren't I, good. I I'm with you. So I am a little I'm a little surprised. I guess that Cleveland is a seven point favorite, but I mean Houston is so bad. Like Houston is really bad. Yeah, so it's not. They play a little better than they do at home, but even with that, I don't. Whether it was Jacoby Brissett or Deshaun Watson at seven, do you think Houston covers the spread? I do. You do? Now here's why, and and I the reason why I I say this: Deshaun Watson hasn't played in two years. You're right. Yep. I mean, everybody thinks that oh he's back, like he's going to come in, you know, slinging it around. You don't play that league for two years. You're, you're, there's going to be a That's a, a lot it, of rust. It no. is, it's, I, I mean, the game's so fast. Pra- you, you, there's stuff that you don't get a chance to see in practice. Just things flying around. Listen, he'll get it back, and he'll be great because he's got a great talent. He's, he's a great talent. But you can't tell me that uh, that he comes back and he's a seven-point favorite over anybody. Yeah, I'll take the dog I all day. Go on, Chris. I think I was going to say, I also think I saw David Njoku is out for this, too. So you're losing your tight end, which is mm-hmm. yeah, people keep expecting when Watson comes back for him to have a connection with Njoku. But like, uh, you still have Chubb. Like, I, yeah. if nothing else, run the ball. That's my, like, they can probably have Deshaun Watson pass the ball 10 times and just run the ball down Houston's throat. That's how bad they are. And Houston will know that they're going to run the ball a lot, and it still doesn't matter. So that's why, for me, uh, first of all, I wouldn't touch it. For, because I would have some of the same reservations that you do, so I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet on the game, but I certainly can understand why they're a seven-point favorite, and it would not surprise me at all if they cover because Houston is that bad. I think Cleveland can actually have one of those compacted offensive games where they just run the ball over and over and over again, and Houston and Houston cannot stop them. And yeah, Deshaun Watson I mean, doesn't I mean, need to. Make I mean, a huge obviously, I, you're right in that you know you got Chubb, so you know Chubb could just you know you could just go boom, 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 boom and now I'm going to go. And and roll roll with the with the big guy and 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 pound it on you. I gotta. I just think this. I I think Houston's gonna win the game. You think Houston's gonna win? Wow. All right. I think nice. they're gonna win it outright. It's okay. just, I just 
Well, one of those kind of I could see, I could smell it. I think he's going to struggle. Well, and yeah, and maybe there's something to like the there be an emotional lift in the building. Yeah, because Watson's there, and there's going to be so much vitriol coming his way, and maybe the team gets up for that particular situation. I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. So that's a factor. All right, let's uh, take a quick T.O. We'll come back, continue our foray around the NFL. We're going to get back to we have our picks coming up next hour. We also got World Cup action to get back to as we are uh, closing in on it. We're uh, less than the, we're about a little two hours and change from Team USA against the Dutch. Hey, Figgy, can, he, can, can our boy, can he handle it? He, I bet you he's freaking out right now. Inside, he can't wait. Um, his stomach is twisted in knots, I'm sure. Can't wait. I know you are, Chris. Psycho. Oh, yeah. Actually, I do need to make a stop to the restroom. Yeah, see, there we go. <laughs> hey, that, you know what? Which I think is great. I think it's cool. It is A little cool. bit of I good, agree. positive, nervous energy. I got a little bit going, too, to be honest. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I really am. Yep. All right, we'll take a quick T.O. We'll come right back where the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From the TireRack.com studios. All right, boys, let's dive back into the NFL and some of the stories. A uh, couple things I want to get to. And uh, when I'm looking at the NFC, and, I, you know, I, I'm looking at, to me, we're down to three teams that have a chance to to do anything. There, there's three teams to me that are clearly better than anybody else in that conference. And the only three teams to take serious and that are they are the Eagles, the Niners, and the Cowboys. Agree? No disagreements here. Nope, none from me. I think the Giants are trending downwards, and I can't trust the Vikings at all. And I mean, their yeah. defense is trash, bad yeah. defense. And I, I mean, I can't. All due respect to Washington, I mean, and Heineke. I mean, can you take them seriously? No, 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 no. no. I mean, it's amazing. They have better odds to make the playoffs than the Giants now. It's crazy. I mean, Giants have fallen all all the way out. And, I, you know, again, we talked about Tampa. You know, I yeah, mean, that, that Tampa that, team. Just uh, the that, South in general. Terrible. Yeah, this looks like the South of old. When, what was it, Carolina stuck in one year at 7-8-1? Yes. Yeah, this is the same. 
So, so, now, so now let me ask you about the AFC. And there's a great game Sunday. And I'm mm-hmm. curious to see what you guys think of the Bengals. So the Chiefs nine and two against Cincinnati seven and four. They're going to get Jamar Chase back. Yep. Now I, I you know, it's funny. I, I think Kansas City's got something in store because I, of, of what happened last year, and I think the one fatal flaw is still going to be protecting Barrow. But I'm curious. I mean, how real do you think the Bengals are on the uptick? Well, I mean, we we talked, we discussed this last week and kind of went through power rankings and who do we think is a real Super Bowl contender and who is not. Yeah. And I said the Bengals are a true Super Bowl contender. They turned it on around this time last year. They've been good defensively all season long. And offensively, their offensive line is still having issues protecting Burrow at times. It's gotten a little bit better. But most importantly, they've gotten better at being able to run the ball the last three weeks of the season or so. That's the important part. Now, then, no mixing. Yeah, and mixing with the concussion, I understand. But just in general, they've been better at run yep. blocking just in general up front. So I, I thought of all last week, and I'm going to continue to bang the table, that Cincinnati is absolutely a factor in talking about Super Bowl contenders coming out of the AFC, for sure. Now, uh, it's also, let's and let's just kind of dive through it a little bit. One what is up with the Chargers and the Raiders? Well, for the Chargers, I, the Raiders, I think that's... The Raiders are, are favored in the game. Now, I know there's going to be no Mike Williams. I know they're banged up. But you're, fit, you're a Raider, man. The only way that this makes sense to me is that the Raiders, when they do win and play well, it's when they're running the ball. And Josh Jacobs has been spectacular this year. And the Chargers' run defense has not. So the Chargers' biggest weakness is the Raiders' biggest strength. And it's going to be at home. And the Raiders had that tough opening week loss at SoFi against the Chargers where they blew a lead. Uh, so, or excuse me, they came from behind and they almost came back and won at the very end. So I, I guess I semi-understand why the Raiders would be favored. If it were me, I would still have the Chargers be favored. But I can certainly I can see a course of how the Raiders could win this game just based on the, the data and how these teams – uh, you know, struggle and how they play. But the Raiders' defense is so bad, even with injuries at the, uh, at the skill positions for the Chargers, they should be able to move the ball fairly easily. And if the Chargers can just find a, a halfway decent way to slow down Josh Jacobs, in theory, they should be able to beat the Raiders by at least a touchdown. That's what I'm thinking. But that's if they can stop Josh Jacobs. Yeah. That's a big if. Because yeah. Seattle knew what the Raiders were going to do last week, too, and they couldn't stop him either. Yeah. So I, I do think that even as banged up as they are, there's still a better unit than Seattle. If 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 I could grind an axe on another former Lions coach here, but um, I, I look at the Chargers and all I see is Joe Lombardi turning another quarterback into Checkdown Charlie. This is not this is this is an offense that is way too talented to be as low as they are in efficiency metrics and everything else I mean, in the fairness, Chargers. I mean, Allen and, and Williams have been banged up all year. Yeah, and I still think that uh, Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow, um, uh, Justin Herbert is uh, still smarting from the the rib injury, which is not going to go away until he rests for right. months at a time. Yeah. So you take all the – and they have not ran – Austin Eckler's caught a lot of passes, yep. but they have not been that great at running the ball either, which will actually be the biggest help. But they've had injuries on the offensive line. So there's a lot of things working against them. I, I feel like Herbert is so talented, and with Allen and Williams when they're healthy, they're almost Lombardi-proof or offensive coordinator-proof because uh, he's so good and talented. 
uh, they just have, have had a lot of continuity issues with their offense, and I think that is the biggest reason more than anything as to why they have not been as consistent. I agree with that. Uh, completely, I agree with that. But I certainly I, can see a path with how the Raiders can beat them. Yeah, I, I got, dude, I got to tell you, I, I, was, I was shocked at that line. Uh, all right, uh, coming up, I want to get a tale of Rodgers and Stafford. We're the fellas. Fox. All right, welcome, 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 welcome back. A good morning to all across the nation. We are the fellas, and uh, we come to you live from the TireRack.com studios. Uh, What a day. It is the day where U.S. men's soccer takes a big leap. That's the hope. USA against the Netherlands. And uh, the kickoff is going to be in two hours from now. As uh, we'll see if Team USA can advance, you know, past this round. I'm, I'm you know, we're we're kind of all waiting and hoping. Uh, we know that the flu has stricken some of the Netherlands team. It's made its way through. We'll see if that has any kind of effect. We'll see if this team, which, you know, uh, you know, we they, they were impressive in the first. I know people talked about the Wales game, the Wales match, but. You know, look, they, the England match against a superior squad, they played really tough. And against Iran, they needed to score, and they did. You know, I'm, we're hopeful. You know, Fig, it's, it's one of those deals where you look at them and you go, Let, let's see. if you, you know, it would be such a big deal just to get to the final eight. No matter, look, you yeah. got Argentina, and you're going to probably lose against Argentina. But this is a, be a great story. Oh, 100%. Again, no one expect. Well, I won't say no one. Many people didn't even expect the United States to make it out of group. So, the fact that you make it this far into the tournament is, you know, nothing short of remarkable. So you'll take whatever you can at this point in time. I feel like if you had a competitive loss today against the Netherlands, you'd be disappointed. But you say, hey, you know what? The guy, you know, they fought their asses off. You know, good job. And if they find a way to win, I mean, my God, it'd be incredible. They yeah. can lose to Argentina seven nothing, and you'd be like, hey, you know what? Nobody even thought we'd sniff it this far. Exactly. Uh, I, I'm, I'm completely with you. Fellas, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there on that selection. Fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Our resident soccer expert, Psycho Chris. Psycho Chris, what would the what, – give us an example of this the USA beating the Netherlands – in the NFL, like who would who would who would USA be? Who would the Netherlands be? Is it like a, a, a Bears with Justin Fields beating uh, I don't know a, a, a Rams? Well, not this year. Ooh. Rams are big. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna Buffalo say. or something, or ca- maybe. Or Cowboys. No, this isn't. This isn't Buffalo. This is kind of a mid-level match. This is like. Netherlands, I would compare to like a really good team. Like a in, Ravens? Uh, so, someone who is solid, who I expect to do well in good playoffs. Yeah, Ravens Miami. is pretty good. Ravens or Miami would be pretty good. And then for the USA, I'm trying to think who would be a a mid-level team that's kind of punching above their weight a little bit. Seattle? 
Yeah, they're kind of like they're kind of like Seattle. They 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 got a couple. Thi- well, I I mean not even like Seattle because Sa- Seattle I see is kind of like a system that's working. But I I'm you know what? Let's go with Seattle because otherwise I'll overthink this analogy too much. So Seattle beating Miami or Dallas, right? I think that's about right. Yeah. All right. Like if it. I love how we do this. We're putting football. We're actually, you know what? Not, 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 even, like not even Seattle. I would say they're more like the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, well, I like Seattle better than Atlanta. But Atlanta, you, you, I'd you, say to use your analogy, though, Anthony, is like a team that's punching above its weight. Most punching, people didn't, most people didn't some, think Atlanta would win more than two games this year. Yeah, you know? Atlanta has some interesting young talent on it. But as not a whole, it's not, not exactly anymore. He's out for this. Not yeah, not but I mean, look, they were a bounce, a, a drop pass, and an interception away from winning in Washington. Like they, we can make fun of them all we want, but they, they're 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 incompetitive. They can actually make the playoffs. They can win the the NFC South. Yeah, it's so, it's a team that's not completely there yet, but is right. still asked to perform at a high level. So them taking on someone like the Netherlands, who's usually been good. They've been stout. They're they they usually have great players every World Cup. It, yeah, it's like it's like if Atlanta is taking on Miami. So you would make yeah. in football spread analogy, you would make the Netherlands a seven point favorite. I might have to go more than uh, actually. Yeah, if we're talking NFL, I'd probably say yeah, seven and a hook. Seven and a half. All right. All right. That, just to get that, some, just to get some more betting in, action on the on the USA. <laughs> that puts it a little perspective. That's the kind of upset. It's not a, they're not a double digit. You know, it wouldn't be a world breaking upset, but it would absolutely probably be an upset. Netherlands is, they're not the greatest in the world, but they are an established power in in Europe, and Europe is one of the two great regions for soccer in FIFA World Cup. It's it's South America and and to be honest when we're talking about South America we're just talking about Argentina and and Brazil. Sometimes Uruguay or or one of those other countries sometimes does well, but it's Argentina, Brazil and then the the established powers of Europe, be that England, Netherlands, Belgium, France, Germany, Spain. Like Netherlands is not on the level of say a Spain or a France, but they still are. They're in that second tier. They're still expected to perform very well in the like toughest. Croatia. Region. Croatia is a team that has that has really performed well, even punched above its weight in past World Cups. I worry they're getting a little bit old at this point. This is the last World Cup I think for many of their great stars. I I do like Croatia, although my heart is still with Japan and their matchup. You know, mentioning the getting old thing, this is why the encouraging part for the United States and the fact that they're playing as well as they are, you know, 2026, you know, how much better and more seasoned will this roster be by the time we make it back around and all of a sudden we have the World Cup in the in North America? And playing in the group stage does, I mean, in the knockout round does garner a little bit of experience. There yes. was a bit of a generational gap when the USA missed the World Cup in 2018, and you lost, you know, you had already lost Landon Donovan before going into 2014, but now you lost Dempsey, you lost, uh, um, uh, oh God, why? Oh, can't... Bradley's gone. No, I'm trying to remember the the name of the goalie, the goalkeeper who's on uh, the Premier League mornings now. Howard, you lost Howard. Yeah, Howard. You yeah. lost Tim Howard. You lost. You lost your entire generation, and now here's a bunch of fresh-faced young pups in. Pulisic and Gio Reyna, who can't even legally drink yet, 
who have they don't have those old mentors with them anymore. It's it was a hard reset for the United States after 2018, and for them to just put fresh talent out there, unseasoned talent out there, and survive their group stage. That is a I know it doesn't sound like much in the grand scheme of it. You want to win the World Cup, but in your in the roads progressing to being a power in the World Cup, this is kind of it's a it's a it's a minor accomplishment. It's a good accomplishment. You got to build off of it, but it's a it's an accomplishment nonetheless. All right, uh, let's switch gears back to the NFL, and and then I'll, I'll, I will close with World Cup. And kind of how we look at it. But I I got two burning questions, and we have the big brain coming up to go over some selections and some betting uh, advice. But Aaron Rodgers and Stafford, if you're the Rams-Packers, let's take Stafford first. Are you shutting down Stafford if you're the Rams? Yes. Without hesitation, Ooh, give I me mean, that high draft pick. They shut him down exactly. Uh, they, sh- I mean, look, he's a he's a healthy scratch as it is this weekend. You know, coming off the concussion protocol, he cleared protocol, he could play, but Sean McVay says now we're sitting and we're putting John Walford in there. And at this point, why would you play him? What is there to gain? Allen Robinson's out for the season. You know, Cooper Cup is out, and honestly, if if and when Cup is healthy enough in the next couple of weeks, why would I bring him back? Aaron Donald's going to miss the first game of his career due to injury this weekend. Why would I bring him back? You're not playing for anything. So what's the point? You're not playing yeah. for anything, and yet at the same time, you've already given up your draft pick to the Detroit Lions. Right. Yeah, I mean, but you'll, your other draft picks will be affected, I think. Yeah. No, they will. They, yeah. No, they definitely will. But, I mean, why would I risk further injury? Why, That's the why other not thing. just like, assess all the young guys that you've drafted, the two Atwells and all these people, Throw them out there, see if you can evaluate, and see if they can actually give you something going into next season. And Stafford's restructured contract does mean that he's going to keep playing yes. in future years. There is, I mean, we and I've seen these injuries linger with him over the years, be it all the time he played in Detroit. You, you need to treat it very carefully, especially as he keeps getting up there in age. Like, yeah, you probably do need to shut him down. You probably do need to let his body fully heal uh, so he's he's got even more time to get ready for next year because he has taken some some hellacious injuries through these years. Yeah, and I, I mean one of the missteps they made this off season was not investing. First of all, giving Stafford the extension that they gave him. I know you want to see it as a reward for winning the Super Bowl and, and all that, but you're really crippling yourself because you're paying him a lot of money. Donald got a, a big contract. Jalen Ramsey's making a lot. Cup is making a lot. You just don't have a lot of depth, and you lost a lot of your soul up front. You know, you lost two starting offensive linemen, one to retirement, one to free agency, and you didn't really do anything to replace them. And now Matthew Stafford, who's already a statue back there, was dealing with an elbow surgery in the offseason – and it just got worse. And he got to go back to opening night against Buffalo, and they just destroyed him from opening night, and he was he's yeah, never been the same. Buddy. So they, I think they, they grossly miscalculated this and almost you know, lost what the, what the foundation was as to why they were so good, and that was being good on both lines up front. Defensively up front, they're mostly fine when Donald is healthy. Offensively up front, they're a mess. And that has affected Matthew Stafford's play. That's affected their ability to run the ball. And that's affected their ability to be able to take deep shots down the field like they want to do because play action doesn't work as well. Uh, Let's look at Rodgers for a second because, you know, he he left last Sunday night's game against the Eagles with the rib. Jordan Love comes in, and Jordan Love looked good. I mean, he's stepping into his throws. 
He made the right reads. He looked good. If you're the Packers, do you do you pack it in and go? Let me. I'm time to go and look at the kid. I mean, part of me says I at least want to be able to evaluate him through a week, another game week or two where he's actually prepping as the starter and when teams are game planning to play against him. Anybody can come in off the bench and have a flash in the pan. You know what I mean? So from that standpoint, I would because I don't think they're going anywhere this year either. The problem is Aaron Rodgers uh, swings too big of a stick in that building. And if he says I'm playing and I'm healthy, he's playing. Right, right. That's the problem. Now, if you're if if you're Rodgers – what are you eyeing up? Because, you know, that's it. This thing's a wrap, right? Like, you're not coming back to Green Bay. If he's going to play again, he's going to play somewhere else. You would think. And the question is going to be where? Is it San Fran? Because if you're San Fran, Jimmy G is it walks. You don't believe in Lance. I, mean, I don't know how you can. Well, I mean, you have a good team, like a really strong team. Well, you anointed the, you anointed Lance the starter before this the season began, and he ended up yeah, having a devastating a injury. Oh, I, I agree, was, but yeah. they they traded up to get him. Yeah. So I mean, I, I you can't. I don't think they're going to cut. It'd be different if he hadn't gotten hurt and he was just stinking up the joint. He didn't well, have enough keep, time, you know. For, yeah, look, by the way, you, I don't think you he's go good. into it. Can you go into it like with that team around him? Can you go to win the season with him as the quarterback? They were, my point is they were willing to do it this year. Yeah. So probably, you know, so that that's the thing. Because then it's like, okay, how, many, how much longer can you kick the can down the road and, and allow him to sit? And then before you decide, okay, he's not the guy, we let him walk and we traded all our draft capital for something. That, by the way, I'm never for doubling down. If you made a bad draft choice, cut bait. You know, if you're the Cardinals and you draft Josh Rosen and it doesn't work after one year, you cut him loose and you draft Kyler Murray and keep on moving. So I'm not saying I'm opposed to it. My point is you were going to give him this season to be the starter to see what he can do, and he didn't really have an opportunity to do that. So are you going to now uh, sell out for Aaron Rodgers, another veteran, for a year or two and waste another you know, couple of his uh, rookie contract years um, without actually getting a real good look at him? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen enough. <laughs> Um, how about uh, uh, all right? If you're Rodgers, what, what about the Jets? Maybe. Yeah, I, I can mean, see the that. Jets, the Jets have weapons too. They do they absolutely do? I love that Garrett Wilson. Oh, yeah, he's a baller and uh, outspoken too. By the way, how about how about the how about the receivers that Ohio State produces? My lord, I mean Alave and Wilson. And, you know, you still got Marvin, Marvin, Marvin Jr. And a a great cast still there. Yep. And wide receiver you. Man, just tremendous receivers. Great receivers. Yeah, I'm trying to remember Rodgers' contract that he signed. Like, it gave both he and the Packers some sort of natural out where they don't owe him bonus money if he gets traded or something like that. Right. So there's, there's some funky language that seems like there'll be a natural out for both of them to get out cleanly. So I guess that's something to monitor. But, I mean, to do they – I guess do they trust Jordan Love to give him the keys or would they rather just stick with Rodgers? And are they willing to cut bait on Jordan and say he doesn't have it yet? That's why, to your point, I would allow him to come in and, and start right now, knowing the team yeah, isn't I going would. anywhere, just to see what he has. 
I would. I uh, I completely agree. I, I I you know. I mean, at this point. All right. Uh, here we have the big brain on Brad coming up next. Our betting analyst. So he's going to give us some insight and some betting advice on today. We'll uh, ask about World Cup. We'll take a look at all the college football championships. And, of course, all the NFL stuff, the big brains coming up next. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This sports weekend, we tap the big brain. He is Brad Feinberg, our betting analyst. Big brain on Brad. Bradley, good morning. Good morning, Anthony. How are you? Happy uh, happy uh, Saturday to you and I know it was a profitable Friday night. Yeah, that was uh, a cr- very nice performance by the Utes. Uh, I mean, they absolutely just just, just torched uh, USC. They really did. Obviously, Kale Williams' injury didn't help USC, but I, in my opinion, I think Utah would have won that game either way. Um, I just felt like their defense was at least – at the party where Utah USC's defense was just completely overmatched, kind of reminded me a little bit, Anthony, a little bit of the Michigan um, Ohio State game, and that they just couldn't stop. They were so much more physical. The Utah team, there was no comparison watching that game. All right, uh, there's a couple things I got to get to you. We have lots to do, but uh, quickly, are you uh, are you imbibing in the World Cup at all? What are your opinions, USA? I did actually make a wager on USA getting a half goal, Anthony. I did. I, I did bet under two and a half goals as well. Um, USA and they only only allowed, you know, in the three games they've only uh, allowed uh, what one goal, I believe. I mean, they've actually played very, very well. Um, and I do think, at least from a defensive point of view, um, and again, there's other people who I also know in the industry who do this. All they do is follow soccer, and they. Uh, a lot of people told me they like USA getting a half goal. It was good enough for me. The people who I do respect in the industry, and I personally like the under because I love. I just think inherently these World Cup games tend to go under just yeah. because of how hard it is to score. And, and you you're know, an under better. Yeah, I'm an under and three goals to me uh, in this particular game. Um, you know, about seventy over seventy percent of the games have gone under three goals. So I'll take my chance that this one does as well. Yeah, I, I like. Uh, by the way, I do like Argentina as well. If that means anything to you, I think Argentina. Well, Argentina, yeah, Argentina. Well, Argentina is a huge. I mean, they're they're gonna, you're gonna win the truck. They obviously should win. They're almost like a five to one favorite. But yeah, well, I mean, clearly... uh, yeah, I I mean, I like them with uh, with the whole thing. 
Yeah, well, no, I actually do because it's like an NCAA tournament where they lose to the Saudis to start the match and then to start to, to, yeah, you know. They, and Brazil yeah. does not look, again, it's like, it's in the, you know, to me, it's actually reminding me a little bit just in general in sports. I feel like sports have become much more parity-driven in everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, people are, like, talking about, like, Argentina and Brazil, like, they're unbeatable. They may be the two best teams, but certainly no one is unbeatable. And these games are all going to be close. Uh, but they should be. Them versus Australia does seem to be uh, probably the biggest mismatch in the entire World Cup board from this point on. All right, college football, let's get to it. <laughs> Do you, I feel like we talk about this every week. But TCU now, 12-0. and 0. Uh, Alabama's hoping for Kansas State and then hoping that the committee says, yeah, we're going to go with Alabama. Uh, what do you think? Where, where is your, where's your head at with this game? K-State, the line is now down to one and a half TCU favorite. Yeah, I think it wouldn't surprise me the closest that Kansas State's the favorite. I think Kansas State's going to win anything. I did play Kansas State. Um, TCU's a team, and, and again, they keep doing it, so maybe at some point I'm just going to have to cry uncle, but I guess I have at least one more game where I can go against them. I just feel like this has been the most fortunate team in all of college football by a wide margin. Um, even last week, which is crazy, they won by 40 points or whatever the score was, right? But they were only plus 47 in yards. I mean, I know. And you may say, what's the, that, that, I mean that's almost impossible. I mean, I just every conceivable break. Again, I said to you before, this seems, seems like it's a horseshoe stuck up, but you know what? I'm sure that's what Patriots fans thought about Eli Manning. Um, but to me, Anthony, again, I think with – Howard and Martinez, um, a quarterback. Um, you know, K-State's been great all year. They're 8-3 against the spread. Um, I think K-State's a better team. I do. Um, K-State was up in that first game by 17 or 18 points. Um, Kansas State missed a couple short field goals in that one, and they had a couple turnovers, which let TCU get back in the game. Um, I, I think Kansas State's a better team. I have them rated higher. Uh, I'm gonna, just going to I'm going to take K. I took K State, and um, I mean it was it was at three, so the party's gone with that. But I think K State's a better team either way. All right, uh, let's keep it going. LSU and Georgia, seventeen and a half, a lot of points. George, uh, I was shocked LSU coming off the the bad yeah. loss to A and M, and of course it's all about Daniels and his health. Correct. I mean, if the, if he was healthy, I figured I were talking about this because I'm a big. I think LSU. I I I'll throw last week out. I think they could actually keep it close since Georgia has nothing to play for. Couldn't agree but it's more all about the me. quarterback's health. Exactly, and it's funny. I did make a small bet on LSU out of obligation because I had this number. Um, Definitely lower than the than the seventeen because I or seventeen and a half even is because I think Daniels is a, the most important player in the game. Okay, yeah. and if he's hobbled, and I just look, we saw last night, and again, I don't think it was the reason USC lost. I'm, I'm not, no, but it was a big reason. That. You take Caleb. Well, Caleb Wood was a great player. You take yeah, away. Yeah, he uh, You saw yeah. what happened. You saw the difference. Center goes out. Yep. Yeah, you, but you, you saw the difference of a healthy Cal Williams and a non-healthy Cal Williams. It was literally like watching two different players. Um, yeah. Look, I don't know if Jaden Daniels is going to be like that or is going to be like 
the Michael Jordan flu game, you can't even tell the difference. I don't know. Um, so to me, I do think LSU merits a bet um, pre-flop. But if I see he looks hobbled the way I saw Daniels looking hobbled, I'll gladly get on my position and, and, and go to Georgia uh, live betting if I see Daniels looks hobbled. If he doesn't look hobbled, I think this game could be tight. I think it could be close. It's a lot of points to be laying, Anthony, a lot of points for a team that's shown he can compete against the big boys. All right. Uh, yeah, I, this is a game you like. I like him, too. I, I think you're spot on. Fresno uh, catching three at Boise, and that line hasn't budged. I, you know, it's funny. I think people see the, the well, Boise beat them by 20 earlier in the season. The game's in Boise, the blue field. I, at this point, I think Fresno's the better team. I think you agree with that? I do, and actually, Anthony's line actually opened at four and a half, so it's been at three since, but yeah, it did actually open at four and a half, but yeah, Anthony, look, I agree with you, look, Boise beat them earlier um, in Boise, they, 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 but again, it was with a backup quarterback, um, Fresno's won seven in a row, uh, I like Kaner a lot, I think he's the guy a lot of people don't know, but I think he's good, I Personally, I think Fresno is the better team here. I do. I understand uh, the games in Boise, which obviously is, is, is worth something for sure. I think Boise is one of the luckiest, again, teams in college football. Again, I don't think they're Outside very good at all. TCU. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. They should play TCU. But, again, my ratings have Fresno as the better team. Flat out the better team. Um, even, you know, being at home field, I expect Fresno to win the game outright. Um, again, I think Boise is overrated. I think Fresno's a bye team. I think it'll be a close game, um, but I think Fresno State will win a tight game here. Uh, all right, let's keep it rocking. Um, anything? I, I mean, I love Purdue. I mean, I, again, you're a Michigan guy. Yeah. I, I keep I look I look at they have nothing to play for, and Purdue's offense is decent. I like I love Purdue actually. Yeah, and I would be on the Purdue side. I didn't wager on it, but I would definitely be on that side because, as you said, Aiden O'Connell is 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 good. Now he's had a, some, unfortunately, some personal issues that he had a tragedy in his family, which is a shame. Obviously, which all all well to him. Um, but but like to me, um, they can score. And Michigan is a team. Anthony, certain teams I like taking in the role of favorites, and certain teams I much prefer taking the role of an underdog. Michigan's a team I'm not anxious to lay these kind of points with Michigan. They're a ball control offense and missing their best player. Now, they got away with it last week. As Donovan Edwards played incredible. But Blake Quorum, you know, was one of the five best probably football players in all college football this year. So it is a significant loss. Let's not treat it like it isn't. Uh, and I do agree with you. Um, I do think that Purdue um, does have the ability to put some points on the board here. Lean here, Purdue, but I did not wager on it. All right, uh, sit tight. Uh, we got to uh, take a, a little foray into trending with our man, the Fig. Fig, what's crackalating? All right, well, you guys are talking college football. USC got out to a good start Friday night, 17-3 to lead over Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, but pretty much all downhill from there. Uh, Utah stormed back, tied the game at 17 at the half, on their way to a 47-24 to victory to pick up their second conference championship in as many years. Utah heading back to the Rose Bowl. USC's hopes of a playoff berth officially over. Major League Baseball, former Met Jacob de 
DeGrom agreeing to a five-year, $185 million contract with the Texas Rangers, Seattle acquiring Colton Wong from Milwaukee for Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro. In the NBA Friday night, 30 points for Jordan Poole off of the bench for Golden State as they defeat Chicago 119-111. to 30 points, 15 boards for Zion Williamson as the Pelicans defeated San Antonio. The Lakers with a victory over Milwaukee, 44 points from Anthony Davis there. Wins for Miami, Brooklyn, Atlanta, and the Memphis Grizzlies. In college troops, sixth-ranked Baylor defeated number 14 Gonzaga, 64-63. to 22nd-ranked Maryland, a 71-66 victory over number 16, Illinois. Back to the fellas. All right, that's us. We are the fellas. We got the big brain with us, and we're kind of diving into uh, some of your sports investments. Uh, let's go to the big boys, my man, and let's look. take a look at the NFL and uh, kind of take a, a gander at it. Um, early, let's look at some of the early games. Green Bay is three over Chicago. Uh, Fields will play, but I, I got to tell you, I like to pack in this game. Laying, laying points on the road, Rodgers owns the Bears. And listen, I love Fields, but coming off that injury, I, I'll tell you, I like Green Bay in this game. Yeah, they didn't wager in this game, but listen, I, I hear you in that um, Green Bay, at least last week, obviously they, they lost, but they they showed that on the offensive side of the ball, they still really do have the ability to put some points on the board uh, for sure. The one thing I will say, though, Anthony, is th- th- which is why I'm not personally betting the game, we watched that defense when they knew Philadelphia was going to run the ball, right? And they just couldn't get I mean, forget getting a stop. They they couldn't. This was, I was like watching Oklahoma back in the days of Barry Switzer. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't stop anything. And Chicago with Fields and Montgomery is a physical runner. No they Mooney ability, What's that? No Mooney. No, I understand no Mooney. But again, they did just trade for Chase Claypool and Mooney. I'm not going to make the guy Jerry Rice. Yeah, I guess he's. I understand he's their best I mean, receiver. Yeah, he's but, a deep but, threat for him. Yeah, yeah but, I, but I look, again, I, I lean here Green Bay, but not a game I bet. I got you. Um, uh, how about this one? I, I feel strongly about this one. Uh, I love Houston catching seven from Cleveland. I, listen, you spend two years on the sidelines, and you're going to yeah. come into this league? It, you know, practice doesn't prepare you to start in December in this league. I think it, the line's way overinflated. I get it. Texans are bad. They can't stop the run. Then Cleveland's got Chubb. I, I think this is a great spot for Houston. Yeah, see, look, guys, I'll say to anyone listening, do you think Michael Jordan was good? He had a pretty yes. good career, right? Okay. Yes. Michael Jordan, the only time he ever struggled in his prime, ever, is when he had this similar kind of layoff that Deshaun Watson had. Michael freaking Jordan struggled uh, badly. They lost to yeah. they, he shot like forty percent from the floor. It was like it was like watching they were making fun of him in the newspapers, right? Yeah. And that was Michael Jordan. Okay, the, maybe the greatest athlete of our lifetime, right? Deshaun Watson, not saying he can't do it, but I'm certainly gonna make him show that he can. And I agree with you. Like I think this is a game the Texans, if there's one game on the schedule, they want. There's one game they want to just Win. This is the game, and I think it's going to be. Look, I'll be honest. I flat out give for this one game. I give Cleveland a downgraded quarterback. 
because I think it's almost impossible and to ask Watson to just come in off the street like this and just be good in an NFL football game. Uh, I did play Nick Chubb, by the way, Anthony, over 19.5 yards longest run, 9-2 and two this year, last three years. It's been about a 75% winning bet. Uh, and I also did bet Nick Chubb over 93 and a half yards rushing because I do expect him to have a huge dose of him. He's gone over that about 60% of the games, and they're playing a team that is, I think, their second or third last against the run. I expect this to be a big Chubb game. I think the game will be very close within the seven points. You know what's funny? Is, uh, you're like, I, I say I, go, I like Houston to win the game. And, it would uh, not surprise me. In elimination yeah. pools, I would, be, I would be petrified to take uh, Cleveland. I agree. I completely agree. That's hysterical. Uh, I I think you're uh, I think you're spot on. All right, let's keep it going uh, elsewhere early. I you know what do you make of the Jets Vikings and you know with, with with White coming in Garrett Wilson the Vikings defense not good. I I actually like the over in that game. I'm curious at your thoughts there. Yes, was again, this was a tough game for me, Anthony, because it's interesting. We just saw them play uh, New England, right? And New England was laying – um, Minnesota was laying three against New England. Now they're laying three against the Jets. And I think, look, we just saw in the more or less back-to-back weeks, uh, New England beat the Jets. Uh, so, you know, now they're still laying the same number. Uh, against the Jets. Look, but that being said, look, White changes this game uh, and what, what he is. I think it'll be a tight game. Um, I mean, certainly, again, my numbers made this right around three, Anthony. I, it, it, to me, it's, very, it's hard to evaluate White. It's only been four games. Um, this is a game to me I personally don't love either way. Uh, Vikings are a fake 9-2 and two team. I understand that. But they do have a legitimate home field advantage, in my opinion. Uh, and Mike White Agreed. just not enough data for me to, to feel confident either way. All right, Eagles-Titans, uh, another good game. And the Titans come in, and look, I, I'm not in love with the matchup for the Eagles. I think Tennessee can run the football, even though the Eagles are a little bit more equipped to stop the run with their defensive line intact. Jordan Davis looks like he's going to play, which is a big deal against the run. But Vrabel, I think this spells – this is a little bit of a trouble spot for them. I think they could struggle in this game. I, listen, I love the Eagles. I think they're really, really good. I think this, this team could give them a little some issues. It certainly could. But again, the fine open at six and a half. It's down to four and a half. But I think some of the value has been sucked out of Tennessee. And this line you know, is really not that high for a 10-1 team right at home. Um, right. I like the under in the game. Anthony. I bet under 45. Um, I, cause I, a lot of reasons. I think that Tennessee obviously is a ball control team, and I think they will um, uh, run the ball a lot. And, yeah. and from a prop point of view, I did bet Derrick Henry's longer rush over 15 and a half yards. He's gone over that about two-thirds of the times the last couple of years. And the Eagles' run defense has not been great. Um, and I do think from a throw, I bet Miles Sanders under 16 and a half yards, Anthony. And I say that because, again, Tennessee's third against the run. Um, I think this would be a Jalen Hurts kind of game where they're going to need him to pass the ball more to actually have some success. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. Uh, and I think it's going to be a game where, again, I do not like Miles Sanders to have the kind of game he had last week at all, and I don't think he's going to be used nearly as much as well. I like A.J. Brown props over. I love A.J. Brown gets his former team. I agree with you. The Eagles going to have to throw it. I think A.J. Brown has a monster. He's been quiet the last few weeks. Keep sure. an eye on A.J. Brown. Uh, let me, i got to get to this. this is my favorite game of the day. 
I love all caps, big hearts. I love the Niners against Miami. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on this one. Um, well, I have a ton of respect for Miami, and I mean that I actually really, really do. Uh, and it's not even this was a was that off from my numbers, but I just think situationally they're now facing a team with a defense that is going to they're going to be like, what the heck's going on here? I mean, they the last couple of weeks they beat Chicago, horrible defense. They beat Detroit, horrible defense. They struggled against Pittsburgh, who had a horrible defense without Watt. Um, they struggled against Minnesota. They did beat Cleveland and Houston, right? Cleveland and Houston. That's where they beat two teams with awful defenses. This is not going to be a pleasant uh, greeting for them, in my opinion. Um, again, this is more of a field play than anything else. My numbers made it right around four. That's what it is. But I, have, I think Frisco is going to win this game by double digits. Personally, don't like this matchup for Miami. I think that Frisco will have success offensively from a matchup point of view, and I think that they have the kind of defense that can really make Tua wish he was back at Alabama. I am with you. Real quick, KC or Cincinnati? Tough game, Anthony. Lean here to the over. It's 52.5. I think that's the best bet in this game because I think both teams should score at least 27 points in that area. I think it's going to be a shootout like it was last year. Uh, I like the over in the game, the side. You know, that's a tough one for me, but I like the over in the game. I think both teams will have success. All right, my brother. Have a great, great, profitable weekend, and we appreciate it as always. Thanks, Anthony. Good luck, everyone out there. There he is. The big brain old Brad checking in. We'll come back. And uh, wrap it up, get you set for a little USA, 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 fellas, on Fox. All right, fellas. Hanging out on a Fox football Saturday. Man, what a what a fun time, man. It's going to be a big day. We've got about an hour and change until the kickoff. Don't forget. Uh, coming your way next, football fans. Be sure to keep it right here. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM every Saturday, Sunday morning. Three hours before kickoff this morning at 9, tomorrow morning at 10 Eastern as we take you all the way to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app, presented by BetMGM. All right, boys, we're getting close to that time. Uh, uh, do me a favor, Chris. You are, and in fact, like my man Tasty Cake Dom says, you're the baldy of soccer. I mean, Figgy, how incredible is that high That's praise? Very high praise. That's Brian Baldinger, uh, Chris. That's oh. who he's comparing you to. Oh, a wow. Key big time analyst. That's who he's comparing you to. I, I'm very sensitive about trying to hold on to my hair. I've got Baldy in my family. <laughs> oh. So I was a little, like, a little too close to home with the Baldy. Sorry. I, I didn't mean it that way there, Chris. Dude, come on, man. I say Baldy. You got to know right away. There's only one Baldy. Come on, brother. That's high praise. All right. All right, Baldy of soccer. (laughs) Tell us what USA needs to do and what the Netherlands are going to try to do and, and how this match may go. Well, I think they're going to try to get the, for the Netherlands, they're going to want to get the ball out to Freddie De Jong and, and Cody Gakpo. They've been their two most prolific scorers and Gakpo in particular is their forward, so he wants to strike deep on it. I think for the United States, I just do what you brought you here. Get get some good scoring opportunities. Get Pulisic involved. Uh, I would love to say play Reyna, but who knows what's going to happen with Berhalter. So whatever. Uh, just, I, 
you you want to dominate. You want to like get some good. You haven't had a lot of good chances to get shots on goal. I understand that. Get more of that. Put more pressure on the Netherlands. Really, really take away their scoring opportunities and just create ones of your own. Like it's, it shouldn't be hard for the United States. They've got a very solid defense, and you know it's it's a hard matchup. So the more pressure you put on them, less chance you give to take away their scoring opportunities. It also means that in turn, that Denmark's just, I mean not Denmark Netherlands is just playing it just play, playing catch up against you and de- deny them, and in turn you create your own by denying them. So it sounds like, you know, because everybody's saying low scoring, low scoring. You kind of see it the same way? I do. I think both these teams have really struggled. Netherlands only have ever gotten uh, in their group stage, which, again, not a great group, but they only got, they only ever scored two goals in, in all in their games. Uh, you know, it's 2 1 2, I think, is how it went. How much do you look at that as an indicator? An indicator of what? Like, how much do you look at what a team did in their group stage, three matches, as an indicator I, of, of offense? You, know, you got to keep an eye on two things. I think for the United States, they, they fought through to the end, and I saw improvement for, from them, especially in the England game. Like, that first match against Wales, that was rough, but you also have to understand these teams are improving uh, over the course of three games, they're learning to play together. Now, if a late, some some teams like Spain, that final match, I don't take much away from that because they're just resting a lot of their key players because they're already through the group. Uh, for Netherlands, not really the case. For the United States, not really the case. Uh, and I think when I look at the Netherlands, it's been a team that's been even throughout. For the United States, they started poor and they've slowly been getting better. They've slowly been getting their key that's players good. to play. That's good. Any vibe, any vibe fig on this match? I agree with Chris's analysis. Back to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am very hopeful for United States win, but I'm not necessarily, um, you know, very optimistic as to how it'll play out. It's a young team that is really punching well, and you just hope they just keep dancing at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, listen, I want everybody to have a great day, great weekend. Enjoy U.S. men's soccer. USA. USA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 